Blog Talk Radio. We've had the best football picks for a decade, and we ain't stopping now. Live from the IMLD Home Studios, in its 10th season, this is, in much less detail, the podcast, where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Now your host, Jay Andre. That's right, you better listen in and we're going to send Tom Brady to your house to break up your marriage. <laughs> Actually, I'm the one that should be watching out the terrible week that I just had. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. We are here with you. Live on a Saturday night, October the 29th, 2022. I'm Dre. He's Jay. I'm just plain old Dre with a five and nine week. He's Jay with a seven and seven week in a classic bear whispering that he pulled off on Monday night. He told everybody what was going to happen. And that's exactly what happened is what seems to happen on a regular. The Chicago Bears with no reason to compete uh, in an NFC road primetime game. They they get it done again. I, I don't understand how jc's are coming but uh but you did it so all props to you for that one i can't give away all my secrets although i've told you the formula many times but yeah. it it you know sometimes those stars just align and yeah the the bear the bear whisperer strikes again um it, it felt good i'll tell you that i mean it really felt good pulling off the uh the sunday night monday night sweep because I really needed that. Uh, we were pretty much neck and neck coming out of uh, the Sunday um, day slate. And so going into the primetime matchups, disagreeing on both, I was like, oh, man, you know, if I, I got to start making up some ground here. And uh, I did. So, you know, I get the whatever the hell that was on Sunday night where uh, if you just would have stopped the game at halftime, that would have been the same result. I, that was one of the weirdest games watching the Dolphins come out, you know, hair on fire, moving the ball up. And as soon as that script went off, it, they didn't know what to do. Yeah. And then um, that, that just game of keep away that they burg. And then, yeah, what, whatever that egg was that the uh, the Patriots laid against the Bears, um, I don't know. I had that weird feeling like they were due. Um, you know, not the, not, a, not a great team kind of riding high. And that, that, is, that, that is the classic Bears spot to just show up for no reason. And, and just completely dominate the other team. You certainly didn't see it happening that way. You did not call for uh, Bill Belichick to bench his starting quarterback immediately and go I to the backup and yeah. have the backup look decent until he started throwing the ball all around yeah. the other team. Like, yeah, I, nobody I, saw I don't that. Know. I, I don't have an award for that, but I don't know what the hell that was with, with that. You know, Mac Jones comes out, throws an ugly pick. Gets immediately benched. Bailey Zappi goes on a couple of drives. Then he starts throwing ugly picks. Yeah. So, <sighs> and yeah, and the Bears just kind of took advantage. Uh, they were there. They were they were the recipients of catching the Patriots team not at their best, and uh, it worked out for me. So, not going to complain. I, I got an award for it, but we'll get to that. I don't have the right <laughs> to talk about any of my awards because you were the best performer. Uh, of the both of us last week, so that means you get the honors, Jay. I what do. To you, I, was the best of weeks up. 
Ah, you know, I don't. Sometimes chalk is the easiest way to go, but I am going to give it to the thorough dismantling of the 49ers laid on uh, laid on them by the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I said they needed it coming off the loss, and uh, oh boy, they, they brought everything in that game. They actually brought Nicole Hardman to that game. Hey, go figure. Nicole Hardman sighting. He was on was, the yeah, side of the milk carton. Two weeks ago, it was the Juju show, and then last week, it's the the Miko Hardman show, and uh, they, yeah, they they came out, they looked every bit as good as, uh, let's say, that even the Bills came out and looked, you know, in some of their dominant performances. The the Chiefs and the Bills are clearly the best two teams in the AFC. I don't think the Chiefs liked losing that game to Buffalo, and uh, they took that out on the the 49ers, putting 44 up on the Niners, who were actually getting defensive pieces back, uh, which makes it even more impressive because, you know, the, the talk would have been about how banged up the Niners were. Now they were starting to actually gain some bit of health. It didn't matter. That, that was the, the Patrick Mahomes show. He, he showed that uh, he was the best uh, quarterback on the field. No, no Jimmy G show in that game. And yeah. uh, I'm definitely – I, I got to give it to the Chiefs. Credit where credit's due. No, absolutely give it up to them. Okay. So I'll incorporate them into my best of the week. It wasn't just the Chiefs. It was, and maybe I'm just a fiend for, for for speed, and maybe I just pop big when I see that. But I love it when teams recognize their advantage with speed and use it and, and take full advantage of it. Kansas City took full advantage of it. The Bengals took full advantage yep. of it. The Seahawks took full advantage of it. The Raiders took full advantage of this. Even the Bears, with whatever that was Monday night, it was really predicated on speed and, and sort of replicating almost like a Ravens-like offense with, uh, you know, Justin Fields playing the Lamar Jackson role of just, hey, uh, every two or three plays, I'm going to take the ball and run as fast as I can and dare you to stop me. And the Patriots couldn't stop Uh all those teams really using their speed to to their best advantage, and I, I feel like it's basic and rudimentary and fundamental. When you have that speed advantage, use it. I've been yelling that at the Chiefs for it feels like five, six years now. You are the fastest team on the field every time you take the field. Use that speed to your full advantage, and that's exactly uh, what the Chiefs did in San Francisco and all those other teams too, like – there was a clear advantage that they could use and exploit using their speed. Uh, the Seahawks were, that was the most, almost the most impressive or surprising to me uh, because of DK Metcalf getting hurt and Tyler Lockett coming in banged up. And Geno Smith, old guy Geno Smith said, okay, that's fine. I'll, I'll find this Marquise Goodwin guy who used to be good years ago and just keep exploiting him. Use the speed you got, exploit it and yep. take advantage of those, opportunities when you have them because you don't have those opportunities all the time. Usually you have to scheme it up and, and devise game, but just, just use the speed, man. Just, it's so much easier to just use the speed when you have that advantage. And those teams really took full advantage as far as I was concerned. Yeah. How, how's that move to Los Angeles working out for the, for the Clippers there? <sighs> they, they're not, getting, not so they're getting housed in their own building uh, with regularity this year. 
I mean, it's hard enough playing in a building where half the team, half the crowd is going to be against you every week. Um, and it's even harder to do that when your quarterback has broken rib cartilage. I think we we kind of forget about how hurt and beat up uh, Justin Herbert is because he keeps trying to play through it, but I'm sorry. He's just not as effective. It's it's pretty clear to me. Uh, No, 5.7 yards per attempt against the Legion of Room. Yeah, you can't, you can't do that. You you can't let Geno Smith was the best quarterback on the field that day. You can't let that happen. That's yeah, like, well, it's just uh, starting to feel a little Baker Mayfield, you know, reminiscent. Ooh. Like, like Ooh. from last year, not that Herbert is a Mayfield level talent. Herbert is yeah. immensely talented, but I'm saying he's clearly playing when he probably shouldn't be. That's possibly true. He probably should take at least a week or two to kind of step back and let himself get up a little bit. I don't know when do they, uh, are they on their bye this week? They sure are. He, he finally well, gets to rest. Go. There you go. And the Saints are doing that with uh, with Jameis Winston. Like he had the broken bones in his back and tried to play through it one week, and yeah. they're like, "Nah, nah, it's enough of that. <laughs> we've, we've seen that. That's you're you're already a, a hostile, hit or miss, volatile quarterback right. when you're healthy. <laughs> now you're trying to play through broken bones in your back. Nah, nah, we got red rifle here. We're good. Take a seat. So what was the worst of the week for you? You know, in a week full of it, I mean, in, in a normal week, there were like two or three things, even beyond what I chose as the worst of the week, that would be slam dunk automatic worst of the week caliber performances. Um, you know, uh, that what the Packers did, losing to Washington, it's still not my worst of the week. That's how bad... The worst of the week is, I think this one's pretty obvious. I'm giving it to Tommy and the Bucks for losing why, why twenty-one to a th- twenty-one to three to a team yeah. that is tanking. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I understand the Packers losing to Washington. Washington's at least trying. They're bad. Uh, they're both bad. Uh, but you know, hey, bad. You know. Fine, they lost. Uh, we should have seen that coming. We didn't. Uh, I think that was we we gave the Packers one for one for the road because uh, that they're, that's it. They're they're BQD. Um, I, I'm pretty sure because they're going into. They couldn't just come out of this run to go on to the schedule that they're coming up now. That they're they're, they're done. So uh, that that experiment has failed. But then you put Tommy and Tampa, and a team that that has talent. You know that there's. There's no lack of quality surrounding Tom Brady in that offense with Fournette and Godwin and Evans, and, and they they give up 21. That's fine, but they scored three points. Like the Panthers, that is inexcusable. Uh, ironically, I, I know I texted you this week about it. I actually had when I listened to the show from last week. I called the score of this game. Yeah, I just All right, good had for you. the wrong winner. Oh, well. I said this is guy that twenty-one to three is a cover, and I'm like, wait. And I looked back, I was like, man, it was a twenty-one to three game. Uh, problem was, we had the uh, Bucks covering. Yeah, a, a massive number uh, for yet another example of a, a almost two touchdown favorite uh, getting their doors blown off, which just it seems to be one or two of those every season. And uh, yeah, by uh, 
by virtue of beating the Bucks, the Panthers and the Falcons are actually playing for first place tomorrow. <laughs> oh my God! I didn't know <laughs> if you knew that. I'm sure I heard it somewhere and just. But let it that's pass how that's how the, bad. Yeah. That was that by far was the worst of the week. It didn't have to be twenty-one to three. It yeah. could have been twenty-one to ten because I mean, Mike I, Evans had a pass being eleven <laughs> yards yeah. open. And it was right in his hands. But I will say, uh, you know, unfortunately, Tommy with his divorce, but we are all Giselle because we've all wanted a divorce from Tom Brady for the last 13 years. (laughs) Well, we're not quite Giselle. She wants him home. We don't want him anywhere near us. She's divorcing him because he won't come well, home, and we want to divorce him because we want him to go home. Go he, home. Just see your remember, kids. he chose that. Yeah. Well, he didn't know it was going to be this. <laughs> he didn't know it was going to be quite this. And they go out on Thursday and get beat, too. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, how rare is it for the uh, this late in the season for the, the home team on Thursday night to find a way to come up short? But – this team, this Buccaneers team, this yeah. is a unique situation. This team is uh, – there's going to be stories told about this team for a long, long time. And we're not even done yet. We're not even uh, halfway through the season. Um, yeah, that was uh, that, that was quite quite the thing um, and quite the week for, for Tom Brady. And still, I won't give him my worst of the week. I'm going off the board. I'm going off the field for my worst of the week because oh. – uh, and. It can kind of go any week to to choose this organization and the things that's swirling around them, but everything feels like it's about to come to some sort of a head for Dan Snyder and the Washington, Washington's, the commandos, whatever. Uh, So first you get the the ESPN hit job, which uh, that's quite the piece, if you haven't read it, uh, that came out a couple weeks ago. Uh, A lot of anonymous sources, a lot of people saying things off the record because you don't want to get on Dan Snyder's bad side and say things on the record. So I understand that. So a lot of anonymous, but, and, and quite frankly, a lot of things uh, about his behavior and character that's believable, but also kind of borders on parody. Like, and, and you won't, you won't believe what else he does. He eats kittens, like, you know, stuff like, you know, d- depicting just how vindic- crazy that he can be, which I don't believe some of the stuff in there, but just the fact that it's a partner, ESPN is paying millions upon millions of dollars to broadcast Monday Night Football. They are a partner of the NFL, and even they had to put this piece out because they think Dan Snyder is that terrible of a human being and that bad of a guy. Just the fact that, do you know how many people had to approve that article before before ESPN.com put it out? Like all the higher ups had to see that and go, oh, uh, I don't know. Are we sure about this? So, if, if nothing else, it had to have been well researched and well lawyered up and well covered legally by ESPN for them to even want to put something like that out. Look at all the stuff that all the other owners. You got uh, Bob Kraft getting blowjobs at uh, massage parlors. You got Jerry Jones impregnating women outside the, of his marriage. So, you got so many owners that do so many crazy things, um, and they don't get hit jobs like this on ESPN.com. So there's a lot going on there. There's a lot of uh, owners that are against Dan Snyder that are happy to see something like this. There are a lot of people waiting for him uh, to go down. 
So then why it comes to a head this week and why it's the worst of the week is because Dan Snyder's wife, Tanya, who by that article and by all accounts appears to be about as bad a human being as Dan Snyder is, uh, she decides, I'm going to come to the to the next home game this past Sunday, and I'm going to rally the troops, and I'm going to get in, in front of the crowd, and I'm going to uh, try to get people on our good side and, and turn, the, turn the tide of public opinion and, and public relations. And she gets, a, gets on a microphone at some point um, and, and talks to the people there and decides to finish off her comments with a good old hearty hail to the Redskins. Um, lady? Ooh, yeah. Do you not remember what your organization just went through to, to get rid of that name after your stupid-ass husbands swore up and down that they were never changing the name of that team once the money started going away and the sponsors started going away? Oh, uh, okay, on, on second thought, we'll become the Washington football team, yay sports, and now the commanders, whatever. So she just basically spit in all of that, face of all of that, all the statements Washington keeps putting out in uh, in response to these columns and comments by Jim Mercy and whatnot are, uh, we are uh, progressing as an organization. We've made tremendous progress. Now you haven't. Not when you're going to get a microphone and sit up there and go hail to the Redskins. No, obviously you haven't made a whole lot of progress. Uh, so that was just extremely – it's not just toned up, but that, that's on purpose. That is a thumb in the eye on purpose for everybody that wanted to get rid of that name that's her telling it, everybody, hey, we did that just for public relations. We really don't want to change the name. We really don't care about how insensitive it is. Um, yeah, it just feels like there's going to be something coming real soon uh, to sort of, I don't know if they're going to be able to force him out, force him to sell the team. Um, Snyder's making uh, Jim Irsay look like the same person. This is how bad it is. Like Jim Irsay is going on record and, grabbing microphones and talking about how, how Dan Snyder needs to go and they need to take a vote and force him out. Uh, and Snyder's ramblings and responses are making Ursay actually look good. So that's why it just feels like this has got to come to a head soon because it just can't keep going like this. That, that's a dumpster fire. I mean, that, that, that's almost a uh, lifetime achievement award. I mean, we've given a few of those out so far this year on our awards where – you know, the, the the creeping doom <laughs> is coming up, and uh, it all starts to come to a head. And I, I don't, it's not over. I, it's going to keep going. This story's this might creep up a few more times. But I, I, I wish it would go away. Yeah. Well, the, the big headline of the story over. is that it's not over because apparently Dan Snyder is such a vindictive person that he's got, like, dossiers out on the owners yeah. and on Roger Goodell even – and yeah. anybody that's going to try to take him down, basically he's going to do the, uh, I'm the bad guy. I'm not going down unless everyone else is going down with me. He's right. doing his, his best uh, Scarface impersonation. Yeah. He's going to, he's going to do the, the Jose Canseco. No, he's going to write a book called Juiced. Yeah. Uh, or If I Did It. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm a bad guy, but let me tell you about all these other <laughs> bad guys. About everybody else here, yeah. So that that just stinks. Uh, all right, off of that, uh, what's your biggest surprise of week seven? Uh, I'll tell you what, it's not a good. Surprises aren't always good, are they? Oh no, no, they're not. Sometimes surprises are bad, and nothing surprised me more than the uh, the culmination of the last three weeks for the Detroit Lions. Mm. 
They score zero up in New England. Then they get the bye. And then they get a Dallas score six. <laughs> for what had been the highest scoring team in football, you know, over the first five weeks, uh, six, four, four or five weeks, and then there's 35 points a game, and they come up with six over their last two games. Yeah, that was that a surprise. That's that a surprise. Uh, and and the way they do it against the Cowboys, uh, who, yeah, uh, they Dallas forces five turnovers to to cover that spread uh, uh, in an ugly one. All in the second half, Detroit led six to three at halftime of that game. They yeah. they were actually winning. Um, but yeah, Dallas another uh, another team getting shut out them. in the second half. That's a trend mm-hmm. too. Uh, yeah, uh, lack of uh, adjustments, lack of second half adjustments has definitely been a trend this year. Um, Jamal Williams coughing it up at the one yard line. That that's that's it right there. Yeah. That's death. You, you can't have that. You can't have guys getting the ball, getting ready to score, and not only do you not score, but you give it to the other team. That that's just the worst. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Yeah, Lions. Yeah, yeah. I got my arms up. Like, I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. I, I was uh, telling everybody to kill those overs with them uh, until further notice because it looked like they were going to give up points to everybody and they were going to find a way to rally and get them back. And uh, they're they're not doing that anymore. Uh, you know, ever since uh, Amon Ross St. Brown uh, came up hurt, that the offense has been right. sort of off the rails and it kind of goes hand in hand with the running back uh, DeAndre Swift as well. So. Uh, it, it's it's a thin line. You get your offense going one way, and uh, you get one or two very key players uh, injured, and that'll throw everything off. So they they clearly don't have a, a very deep team there in Detroit. And uh, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown is back, but I don't think he's all the way back. Right, he's not he's not back back. That, that's for sure. We'll um, see if he's back back this week. Uh, yeah, because. This can't continue. I mean, they were putting up, you know, they were hanging in games, and then they've just evaporated these last few games. Yeah, bagel and then six, like you said. That is a surprise. Uh, my surprise was uh, talking about what happened with those uh, legendary quarterbacks. And how, how, Tommy Tommy loses to P.J. Walker. Um, Aaron Rodgers loses to Taylor Heineke. Yeah. So is this end of an era we're looking at with these guys? Is this going to turn around? I mean, it, you know, neither one of us know, but what, what's your sort of uh, thumbnail sketch or, or snap judgment on what's going to happen? Are, the, are these uh, are the Packers or the Buccaneers turning it around in the second half, or is this just – is it over for them? I, I look at the, the – my issue looking at the Packers is, I mean, they, they're three and four – probably about to go get destroyed by the Bills. And, and then coming off of that, they've got one probably winnable game in the next four weeks after this Bills game. That uh, it, It's rough. They have a rough stretch coming up. You know, when you look at Bills, Lions, Cowboys, Titans, Eagles, you know, teams that play directly into their their one first of all their one big glaring weakness, which I actually heard I heard Wayne on the radio, um, was driving to work and they were interviewing Wayne Larrabee, and he was a first of all he was very optimistic about the Packers' chances against uh, the Bills. Yeah, oh good job Wayne. Who I, pays I know that's the what check they pay again? You for. Good job. Yeah. And 
Yeah, because, you know, the, the Bills have a banged-up secondary, because that's really held them back so oh, far. Oh, well, that means everything. Yeah, especially when you have no wide receivers. <laughs> and, oh, but he, he was pointing out, he's like, I don't know if a lot of people have noticed, but the you know the, the, the big weakness on this Packers team is the run D. Uh, where you been, Wayne? <laughs> Clearly not a listener of our show, because I've been harping on that Packers crappy run D uh, going back even to last season, they did not fix the the big problem. Teams are running on them. Even even Washington, they they ran okay, but they still ran on them. That, that um, defense is atrocious. Yeah, but you stated you weren't taking the Packers until they shored that up. Hey, what happened? Yeah, I gave them I gave them one for the road. Well, yeah, I don't see myself Man, picking them for cooked. a while. We did. We did. I could have had another game on you if I would have just stuck to my guns. Um, and with the Bucks, I don't know. Maybe Brady gets some fire in his belly with this divorce thing kind of behind him now. But that, that's still you don't you don't know what's going on in his head or with that team. Uh, is that the right coach? You know what's going on with? I was worried about that when Arians left because I thought Arians kind of kept Brady in check. I, I don't know what what's going on with Tampa. The, the Tampa is probably in a, even though they look lost, they're in a better situation just because they play in a terrible division. You know, they could just catch fire and go on a two or three game winning streak. And then just look at us for back in first place. Things are going better. I don't think that either team, I don't think either one of those has great long-term prospects. I mean, you can clearly see the talent is passing those teams by. And like we said last week, sometimes when it ends, it ends quick. That might be the case. I, I'm very afraid of that. Like we're so used to Tommy just kind of, you know, snapping his fingers and turning it around. Yeah. And I don't, I don't see it. I don't know how it's going to happen right now. It's there, there's no balance on that offense. They're 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 not getting the running from Leonard Fournette, not consistently anyway. Um, and all of his short throws, everybody's onto him now. Everybody knows how to defend him, and he doesn't have the you know, the Julian Edelman, Wes Welker type guys that know how to uh, get open in those really small spaces and make a whole bunch of uh, very quick moves. Like he's got the, the long strider guys, got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and all the speed guys, but he doesn't have the guys to get it done in the short areas. Uh, he, he really needs a couple of those guys right now, and he doesn't have them. Um, yeah. So. We're 44, uh, 44 yards rushing for the Bucks on yeah, Thursday night. That's that's not gonna that's not gonna cut it. No. Um, the Packers really scare me just because we were looking at that at this part of the schedule that they just finished the, these three games uh, at the yeah. beginning of the season. We're like, that's where they might figure out things and start uh, putting it together because that's a nice soft schedule right there. This nice soft part with Giants, Jets, uh, and and potato skins, and LLL three three L's on those occasions like I did not see that coming at all and they um, and they and damn near lost to New England that they could have been 0 mm-hmm. and 4 in that stretch they could be sitting at 2 and 5 I, I tweeted it out I said you know Packers get embarrassed tomorrow I, I'd be listening to some offers man and um, Rodgers I mean because you're gonna be shit with him you might as well get something before he's gonna up and walk or just up and retire on you at the end of this season, because I think if this thing goes like horribly south, if this is six and eleven bad, uh, he might just you know 
be done with it. I understand that, but I, I guess I feel like that's sort of like a Joe Montana to the Chiefs type situation. Like, you don't want to take yeah. someone that's so obviously a, a team legend um, and just dispose of them at the end because you're going to create harsh feelings on his end, especially with someone as sensitive and as much of a diva as, as Karen Rogers is. And, and you don't want to send a message to any other players that, hey, no matter how legendary you are and how many titles you win for us, and the only one to one, but that's one more than anyone on the Bears, uh, <laughs> no matter what you do for us, if it turns sour at the end, we're just going to ship your ass out. Uh, I don't think you want to send that message to, to anybody because now everybody will be looking at you like, okay, what do you think yeah. of me then if you're going to trade him? Ugh. Now, on the flip side of that, if somehow, some way, they go out there tomorrow and they beat Buffalo and they get to four and four, they need then they, then they absolutely need to go and make some kind of a splash. And there are wide receivers available. Go get one. Swallow your pride. Buy someone Listen. who's not AJ Green. <laughs> you know the same organization ever. And, right. But do it because if you if you get back to four and four, maybe you got a shot. But yeah, you go to three and five and you just get destroyed by Buffalo. Not not looking good. It's over. The organization that refuses to draft a wide receiver in the first round yeah. or refuses to actually go get the talent that's out there in the in the draft. Do you think they're going to trade for one? I I don't see that happening either. The saying if they beat Buffalo, you better get all in. They they got issues uh, on the other side of the ball too, not just the run defense. That game, believe it or not, was actually won by Beerman to Terry McLaurin beating Jair Alexander that several ba- times. Uh, that was you know what? That was a great bailout throw and catch. I mean, it was it was a nice run back where where McLaurin ran back to the ball and you know Heineke was under pressure and yeah he 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 winged it out there and because uh, that was a third down stop. Packers get the ball back only needing a field goal to win the game. And they had had the momentum because they had just scored the touchdown to cut it down. And then boom, we got them in a third down. It's decent distance. Great for the defense. And, uh, you know, Heineken gets away from the rush and yeah, he, he winged that out there and just barely got it into McLaurin, but he got it in there. Yeah, I don't want to make excuses for, for Mr. Rogers, but if you're going to have bad run D and your, Top corner is going to give up plays to, to close the game out. Like, what are you going to do? Like, there's, there's kind of nowhere else to go. Um, and that about the uh, the Benny Hill play at the end. That uh, that was closer that was to working than it probably should yeah, have been. Several times, and then event uh, one of the final throws though ended up going forward. Right. So, so I know that that would have, yeah because they called that and but the, the 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 play was over anyways. But they did call that. Yeah. But yeah. It uh it, it moved its way down the field, <laughs> that's yeah. for sure. They they matriculated they matriculated. Once Rogers got there. it back, I thought he was gonna just gun that thing all the way to the other sideline and someone was gonna have a, a Kenyan Drake lane, you know? He, he tried to. Unfortunately yeah. there was an offensive lineman there, John Runyon, and, and he right. hits the E six. Ball goes right through his legs. <laughs> <laughs> And Tampa and Tommy, you know, uh, we get emotions flowing for the second week in a row uh, in the NFL as uh, Carolina uh, pulls out that win over Tampa Bay. Uh, we had Kayvon Thibodeau crying the week before uh, with the Giants. Yeah. And 
this week we get uh, Steve Wilkes. They, they give him the game ball in the locker room, and he starts breaking up and crying. He's from Charlotte. It was a big emotional day for him. So that was their Super Bowl, clearly. Uh, I'm sure Tommy was doing some crying privately, uh, realizing that he threw away his marriage in order to lose to the fucking Carolina Panthers. <laughs> Panther, you lost with the Panthers. Okay, uh, your uh, letdown of the week. Uh, boy, you know, I'm so sick of the Giants. I'm giving it to the Jags. Coming up <laughs> one yard short oh. of, of beating the Giants, you know, basically you've got, got, you've got Christian Kirk pulling his best Plaxico Burris or, or, or uh, Dyson, you know, Kevin Dyson basically getting Mike Davis right uh, oh. Yeah, the Mike Jones, Kevin Dyson. Play. Mike Jones, yeah, Mike Jones, right down there at the goal line. But that, oh my God, it was like he will himself. Although I think that was like two dudes hauling him down, not just one. But just get one yard deeper on your route. I'm so <laughs> sick of the Giants; they're bad. They're six and one, baby. Jesus. Oh, all right. <laughs> Tell me a worse six and one or this many wins this late. This Giants team or that Pittsburgh run that we went on a few seasons ago where we knew that they were complete frauds? That Steelers run was uh, progressively worse each and every week as it went on. They started out pretty pretty good, and then mm-hmm. every week was just another piece kind of falling off. Like, oh, how are they going to – how are they holding on? How do they keep winning? We, yeah, we knew that was going to end eventually. I don't know if the Giants ever started off real strong. It started off in that win in, in Nashville, which was – it was fine, but that didn't, right. it didn't make me think they were going to be 6-1, and one, as for damn sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was the uh, – it was a game of inches, that, that game. The Jags, uh, they're up 17-13. Uh, they pass on a 38-yard field goal and go for it on fourth and inches, and Trevor Lawrence can't make the stretch. So the game of inches right there at that point. Yeah. But then – then the last throw when he when the Jags are down twenty three seventeen is caught at the one by Christian Kirk and uh, as you said he got stopped uh, Mike Jones Kevin Dice that that was like Fabian Morrow made the initial hit um, and held him up so that other people could rally and bring him out so it wasn't quite a one on one dropping at the right. one but it was close it was very close very reminiscent of of that Super Bowl play uh, between the Titans and, and the Rams. Yeah. That's why I brought up the the Plaxico Burris one in that Atlanta tie where he got tackled at the half yard uh, line. That yeah, very similar there because uh, there's not that many games where you have the guy who gets tackled like within reaching distance of the ball. Like oh oh, oh. Mm-hmm, couldn't, yeah, couldn't either get the body turned right or get the arm extended. They they did a good job. They stacked them up. I mean, give credit to the Giants defense there. They. They stopped them. They did. But, God, so done with this Giants team. Uh, can, can you give them credit for at least one thing? It, it's hard to beat a team whose quarterback throws for 200 and runs for another 100. There's Danny Dimes again with the junior yeah. project stuff. I, I was joking about it, but, man, it, they're, they're, they're hitting on something at least right now. Well, it's easy to do that when you've got Saquon Barkley at full strength. <laughs> that That's a very, very key piece, yes. But come on, you got him running for 100, and then the quarterback's going to run for 100? That's, that's just that's very hard to beat. So, so what let you down? Fucking Dolphin Tua, what the hell? You guys... <laughs> Are you talking, you're talking about the second half of that game? 
it, they started so well. They did. Just, they looked fast and unstoppable. <laughs> and just, it just, they just stopped. They stopped themselves. Yeah. They, they didn't stop themselves. I, I'm being very unfair. The Steelers adjusted and took away all those deep middle throws and, and made Tua have to look sideline and look for shorter uh, targets. And it, it maybe he'll be much better at, at adjusting to the adjustment later in the season, but this first game back, he wasn't able to do it. And the Dolphins ba- barely hang on and uh, win that game, but they don't cover. So that was a letdown. And then it was a letdown on the other end, because as I said, I was using Tua as my fantasy quarterback for the oh, week that I didn't no, have right. Josh, Josh Allen uh, available. And the Tua starts out so hot. I'm thinking I'm going to win. And I'm in, uh, how many points was that? Uh, so I, I, I guess I wasn't feeling that great because I was, I think I was down like 20 or 21 going into the Sunday night game. But sure. he starts so hot on that first drive, touchdown and getting the yardage. Uh, he got a lot of points in that first drive, and I'm extrapolating that out going, oh, I'm going to get this easily. Nope, lost the game by four. Mm. So that that was a big letdown. Uh, Two, they, they started hot, but they but they really cooled off. Uh, you know, I sweated that. I sweated that. Yeah, because that stayed under just under the number, and then it just every time you'd watch one of them start getting a little closer, it oh they'd have to punt, or the Steelers would get into field goal range, and they you know they'd either pass it up or they'd get uh, holding calls. I think at one point they got from field goal range to like a third and thirty six. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was ridiculous. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, but again, the Dolphins' offense looking so much more potent when Tua is running it, much more sure. than at any point when Teddy Bridgewater was running it, much more than at any point when the other guy behind Bridgewater, whose name I don't remember, was running it. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, oh, still... God. Skyler Thompson? There you go. Uh, Random Allen. <laughs> dude. Some, some guy. Um they still they still look much better uh, with Tua than without, but he, he wasn't able to figure it out uh, in the second half. McDaniel didn't take an easy field goal uh, at one point, and that yep. of course uh, winds up mattering as far as the point spread goes. So there there we go once again with uh, that's another uh, trend or or uh, I, I you know I'm with the metrics guys who say that it's a better chance to win the game if you don't take the field goal and you just go for it and keep going, but uh, to your point, you leave yourself open for criticism when you go for it and you don't get it. And now, you know, they, the Dolphins hung on and won the game, but they didn't cover the numbers, so it, it cost me there uh, for sure. But there's but a lot it, of people it, not going for field goals. It really sucks, doesn't it? Completely uh, correctly assessing a game and losing the pick. Uh, I, I yeah, mean, I'm just it, saying, it, it happens to me all the time. <laughs> all right, uh, what was your smartest of week seven? Uh, I'm liking the two trades this week. Uh, I don't think Roquan Smith liked it, but mm. I'm liking that James Robinson to the Jets. Uh, the Jags are clearly not you – know, probably not going to make the playoffs, even though I, I, I tried. Uh, they looked so good early, but James Robinson, they, they get some draft capital from the Jets for a, a guy who they clearly – this ownership or – you know the, this this coach. They just they're just not clearly invested in the in the undrafted free agent who's just been nothing but productive for them. So they ship yeah. him off to the Jets for some draft capital, and then the Bears, coming right off of beating the Patriots, 
decide uh, that they need to start clearing up some money so that they can eventually re-sign Roquan Smith and uh, trade Robert Quinn to the Eagles. Uh, okay, right, let's just make the Eagles even better. Let's make right. the undefeated Eagles even better, and uh, let, let's make the Bears' uh, best defensive player cry. But yeah. smart moves smart moves by those two teams. The Jets clearly needed an upgrade at running back. Now, Michael Carter's not the answer after Brees Hall tore his ACL. So James Robinson, is a, that, that's a great – he'll slide right in. Great move by the Jets, who look like contenders, you know. At least they have the record of a contender, so sometimes that's all it takes. And then the Eagles just load it up even more. So those are my smartest of the week. I love this later yeah. trade deadline. Yeah, and not just the later deadline, but more younger GMs are coming in with more uh, uh, risk uh, taking and less risk mm-hmm. aversement. Um, this is definitely not something you would see 10, 15, 20 years ago, certainly not when we were children, uh, these, these trades right before the deadline. That's definitely been a, a sort of a hallmark of baseball and, and basketball more recently. But now the NFL getting into it. And, yeah, I'm, I agree that both those trades are uh, smart. Um, I agree that Chicago uh, getting rid of another aging veteran and getting something for him is smart. It's just like the Khalil Mack deal is not that the guy is bad at football. It's that right. when, when you're good and contending, uh, by the time that happens, they'll be dead. They'll be retired and out of the league. So absolutely get something for them. Now there's no way in hell the Bears are going to be contending uh, anytime, you know, in the next three years or so, the, the way uh, that Justin Fields is developing. Although, you know, looking at last week, maybe he's developing quicker than we think. I'm just happy that they use a game plan that actually used his strengths. Uh, that's That makes uh, Eberflus better than Nagy uh, by a mile already just for doing that. Uh, my smartest of the week, I'm going to specifically point out the Chiefs now, which you gave uh, your best. Uh, I talked about them using their speed as part of the a, a bunch of teams that have such great speed um, and, and put it to good use, specifically the Chiefs, uh, because the Niners had juice from, from the jump. They uh, they welcomed Christian McCaffrey. They're feeling good. The crowd's going crazy. Uh, Pat Mahomes stokes the fire there in Santa Clara, throwing an INT. Jimmy G turns it into a touchdown. Sky Moore muffs a punt to end the first half. That should have pushed the Chiefs down even further. They were already trailing, but Jimmy G threw up a panicked uh, end zone INT uh, to give the Chiefs a, a respite, and they go in the locker room and say, whoo, that was close. We could have really been down. We could have been really looking bad here. What do we do in the second half? I know. Let's go back to our basics. Let's take advantage of our speed. Let's utilize uh, – it, it really reminded me of Super Bowl 54 against the 49ers. Hey, what yeah. do we do best? Let's use our speed and take advantage and go downfield and, and, and do what we got to do to win this game because we're not going to win it the way we're playing right now. Uh, and meanwhile, we saw the duality of Jimmy Garoppolo. He, he had some good plays, and then he had some plays where, oh, no, what was that? Why did you do that? Um, it's the same thing. So, you know, something, something's never changed. You know, the, the Chiefs need to do their best to use their speed and, and play smart in that respect. The 49ers need to do their best to hide the fact that they don't trust their quarterback and with good reason because uh, he can do some really stupid things uh, on the field. Uh, I said I was scared of Pat sort of chucking it up and, and taking control of this game after that big loss against the Bills. And just saying, kind of saying, fuck it, let's, you know, why are we going to play careful and come up losers anyway? Let's just go out the way we're supposed to go out and, and throw it up. 
And that's kind of how you saw it playing out. And I was, I took the Niners, but I was afraid of Pat doing exactly uh, what he did to just going out there and, and saying, hell, let, hell with it. Let's just go bombs away. And uh, boy, howdy. Bombs away they went. So good on them. Yeah, they, they were impressive. They can be when uh, they try. Yeah. I, I, I wish they would uh, apply that even more. Uh, what was the dumbest of the week for you? Oh, the stupidest of the week. Uh, I you tell you what, I, I might not get too many more opportunities if, if the car, if the stars align the way I say they're going to, to pile on my favorite head coach, Nathaniel Hackett and the Denver <laughs> Broncos. Uh, Cause I have been for multiple weeks now calling his firing, uh, saying he's not flying back from London after tomorrow. Uh, but what a, what a time. Once you lose your, you know, 200 and what is it, $240 million quarterback, and now you have to start Brett Rippon? <laughs> Random Allen? That, that's not Mark Rippon, yeah. that's for sure. That's no. a hell of a time to have your most pass attempts for the season. <laughs> Just what a, what a great game plan. In a game that you lose 16 to 9. Yeah. You decide now's the time to unleash your passing off. Oh, this I'm so done with this guy and this team. <laughs> I'm done. They're dead to me. Oh, those Broncos. Yeah. Um, and all of that passing resulting in a whole lot of yardage. Oh, 225. Okay, never mind. Oh, God. That's nauseating. That yards per, oh, the yards per attempt is just pathetic. Uh, my that's what you week. come up with. Yeah, well, I mean, you know. <laughs> 4.9 yards per attempt, <laughs> which was actually the higher of the two quarterbacks in that game. Ooh. Yeah, we don't, we want to talk about Zach Wilson right now. Jeez. Well, yeah, that's, that's, <sighs> that's all the Broncos have right now. That's yeah. about all they can do. You know, they, they lost their best running back. They, they certainly they don't did. trust the guy that's left behind. Uh, that's kind of the only uh, respite that they have. Apparently, um, didn't didn't work out for them. Clearly, uh, my dumbest of the week was I was taking a look at that Bengals Falcons game for a little while, and uh, they they both were playing to their strengths, uh, which is why Cincinnati had four touchdowns in the first half, um, and I didn't really watch much of the second. Uh, the dumbest to me is um, art. Art Smith, hey, you can you can throw the ball to try to come back, you know. <laughs> it's okay. It's it, you okay can do it. It's, it's okay. Yeah. The Falcons responded to being uh, down that big by staying committed to the run. Uh, they did. There was a 75-yard touchdown throw uh, from Marcus Mariota to Jameer Burr, but that was like a two-minute drill type of deal where he just uh, we're going to throw to start the two-minute drill, and and he just happened to get wide open and, and go all the way. Uh, they certainly weren't trying to throw. They they really didn't want to throw. You're down that much, and you come up with 13 pass attempts for the whole yeah. game. 13? The hell? That, I was like, I'm watching that. I'm, I'm like, you, you, they can you can throw. You can you can throw the ball to try to come back and at least try to come back by throwing the ball. I was, you know, I make fun of him. Uh, he, he's got a lot of uh, experience uh, hiding his quarterback being down here in, in Tennessee. Um, 
But at some point, you gotta you gotta let it go. You, you gotta when you're down that many scores, three four touchdowns, and, and there's you know, you're not gonna make that up by running the football. You might with Derrick Henry. You don't have Derrick Henry, so you're gonna have to do something different. I I can't argue with that. I mean, I mean they they, they lost on who they really were. I mean, they stayed true to themselves. I, I guess there's there's something to be said for that. I mean, they they must have just known like oh. <laughs> Argus is cooked. We're not coming back from this. Might as well not make it worse. But yeah, they are, they are who we thought they were. Thirteen pass attempts in a game that they lost by uh, eighteen. <laughs> and we're down a lot. You know, it looked a lot worse than than that. Uh, yeah, they were they, down twenty eight seventeen at the half. So I could understand only down you know eleven in the second half. But at some point, you gotta gotta get back in this game. They they. Another team that got shut out in the second half. Yeah, but they didn't try. They didn't even try to. Ugh. Right. That's so. Which is so weird for a team. You know that they were definitely. We we both picked against them. We said they couldn't cover every spread. Uh, so now they're <laughs> six and one against the spread. But we were right. <laughs> yeah. This is just the Bengals seem to have shaken off the cobwebs. Yeah, but they they got a they got a test now with the the big injury. And you still, yeah, and you still know who they are. You know they can't protect Joe Burrow. They've still, they still have a decent passing game even without Jamar Chase. But the, you know, everybody's. I mean, we'll see if T. Higgins is a number one. We'll see what what Tyler Boyd can do, right? Yeah. Um, all those guys move up a slot, and so we'll see. Everybody says, "Oh, T. Higgins would be a number one on every other team." Well, now he's got to be a number one on his own team. So we'll find out. All right, uh, Danielle is all queued up and ready. Well, was your first, I, first, I have to do my struggling. Okay. That's what I, I usually do that before I do. I always save my WTFs for the last. Um, uh, uh, but no, I, I'm I'm going to say struggling. Uh, yeah, I, Andy Dalton, man. Mm. <laughs> Thursday nights. So six Yeet. touchdowns. Unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, you threw two of those to the other team in the span of a minute. Yeah, back to back. Oh, you know, in a game that they they were clearly the better team. They should have won. They were. They were. The they ball. sure were. They were the better team. I, I mean, I, I'm not bitter because I just not only because I lost that pick, but um, the, the Saints were clearly doing everything to Arizona that you should do to Arizona. They could throw on them. They were running. They were. They, they were better than the Cardinals, except for, here it is, Thursday night Andy comes back. <laughs> and uh, I don't know what it is with Andy Dalton and Thursday nights, but, yeah, it was, if you actually factor in that they gave up a touchdown um, before he started throwing the pick sixes, Arizona scored 21 points in a minute and 35 seconds. Yeah, because they, so, they were looking so shitty. It was like, what yeah. is going on with this team? Like there's so much growth that still needs to occur between Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. They they do not look like they're on the same page at all. Like they that doesn't look anything like a, a quarterback that a, that an organization would commit complete bucket, buckets of money and long term years to. But they just did. They just did. But then they undermined the kid by saying, "Oh, by the way, you, we need a provision in your contract to meet that." Uh, to make sure that you actually study and get ready for these games. So <laughs> they already call let, of duty. <laughs> they already let Kyler the world got know the that. bag 
before Lamar got the bag. Yeah, that's that, that's criminal right there. You uh, know, and, and Lamar's best uh, evidence for deserving it was actually this Thursday night game because he lost Mark Andrews. He lost his best player on offense and actually looked like a better thrower. Yeah, that's, but he has those games like that sometimes. Yeah, but he lost his safety blanket, and I think it forced right. him to not, you know, sometimes that actually helps you. I thought that's what would happen with the Packers. It didn't. Um, but, yeah. One, it, it I mean, one, felt, one could argue uh, that he just uh, made up and, and found another safety blanket and, and just filled in Isaiah yeah. Likely because that's kind of what well, it Well, like. we were talking about Isaiah Likely uh, leading into the season based off of that right. huge preseason that he had. And it turns out he's he's a real one too. It sure looks like it. So, who's no, struggling uh, for you? Uh, the, the Saints did definitely look like the better team uh, on that Thursday night. I'm, I'm, I picked the Cardinals, and I'm telling you, they should have lost that game. I to told the you, it sucks, right? It sucks knowing yeah. that you should have won that pick and losing. Um, despite Thursday night, Lamar was struggling to me that because of the Sunday struggling nine of 16 for a buck 20 Mm. and three sacks like Baltimore. I don't know how they won that game. (laughs) Well, first of all, they completely had that game covered until justice Hill decided to just cough it up in like his own red zone. Yeah, but I understand that, but the the quarterback (laughs) playing that bad. Yeah. You usually don't see a team you know, competing or contending when their quarterback is is playing as, as shitty uh, as Lamar was playing. Uh, the the pumpkin is turning into a coach. I, I, I called it a few weeks ago. It just looked like he was getting a little worse and a little worse every week. Um, and frankly, he didn't start out that hot on Thursday, but turned it around. Uh, yeah, that that Sunday game against the the, the Browns, uh, they they let the Browns rally back really for the cover, but not the W that's so that, that's progress. At least they didn't uh, blow the, the entire lead and lose the game. So at least yeah. they did that much. Um, yeah. Cleveland had the, the comeback win on an Amari Cooper touchdown, but he got ruled for offensive pass interference and that took that all course. So they really could have and should have lost that game too. Cause that was, that call was kind of sketchy. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Lamar, Lamar didn't look like anything uh, that the, I don't know what's going on with him, but he, he didn't look any good uh, Sunday. And then, like uh, like we were saying, Thursday night, he he looked like he found the the, the magic formula, but it, it took a while. He did not start off uh, very well. Um, and I don't know if he overcame and, and found a way to adjust or if he just kind of filled in with another safety blanket and, and you take Mark Andrews down and put Isaiah Likely up, and he wound up uh, giving it to Likely a lot of a lot of uh, – probably the, the same amount of time that he would have tried to give it to Mark Andrews. Yeah, he's clearly comfortable throwing to uh, big dudes close to the line of scrimmage who are right in front of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a thing for him, yeah, that's for sure. Which is – sometimes you see that with the guy who's got the tendency to, to you know, run. Yeah. You, you've got to be in his vision. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if he's not, you know, thinking about running with that aim to throw the ball down the field to, to throw the kill shot. So he, he needs that guy who's pretty much, like, obviously in his vision. And and that's a big problem, and you kind of see why the Ravens don't want to necessarily commit long term. Because do you want to commit long term to a quarterback who doesn't appear to be able to quarterback your team if he doesn't see everything directly in front of him like that? Like that, I don't have a problem quite... committing to the guy. 
I think they have a problem committing to him for what it for what, probably for what he wants. Right. For, yeah. For what he's for not what he's giving worth. him Mahomes money or Rogers money. No. It, 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 he's good. I'm not even giving. I don't know. Maybe Dak money. I, these guys all get these ridiculous contracts. <laughs> I was about to say Kyler and, money. Would you give him Kyler money? Yeah. Or Russ money. I mean, you're saddled with them. And, and I don't know if yeah. the Ravens are looking at Lamar going, oh, we want another six years of this. Right. Yeah, I, I, as much as I love Lamar, love watching him play, yeah, I'm 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 with him. I'm not sure if I want to do that either. Right. Like you look at the progression, like right, like like look at him and look at Josh Allen, right? Well, that's not fair. <laughs> I'm just saying you're yeah. seeing progression. That, that's, Whereas Lamar, that's, I don't think you see regression. You just he's the same guy that he's been see the for same. four or five years. Yeah, he's the same. And that's why I was wondering uh, going into the season, the, not just him, but, but the uh, coordinator, Greg Olson, too. Like, y'all got to come up with something else because this ain't working. And, right. Wait till it comes time to pay project. <laughs> oh, baby. Yeah. Oh, man. That's going to be a good one. <laughs> All right. Now you can uh, queue up Danielle. Yeah. Yeah. Lay it on me. Give it to me. Uh, okay. There you go. I'll tell you what, this one just made me say, not even that, but like, what the fuck, man? What the fuck is up with teams that decide that they're going to make a quarterback change, but they're going to also make the quarterback change and commit to the guy for the rest of the season? Hmm. Why, Why would you ever telegraph that? I understand Matt Ryan's a bum who's had one good game where he harkened back to his glory years, but he's also hurt. You just all of a sudden going to go, yeah, we've seen enough. We're making Sam El- Ellinger <laughs> our starting. And now you, that's it. You're our quarterback for the rest of the year. Come on. And then and then, and then uh, after that Thursday night thing with, with Andy Dalton, apparently uh, Dennis Allen has seen enough. Andy Dalton is now our starter for yeah. the rest of the year. It's like, God, what the fuck? What are you doing? Because <laughs> – because first of all, either you're going to stick to that or one of those guys is going to play so awful or both that you're going to have to make the change again and then you just look like an idiot. Just announce who your starting quarterback is and shut up. This is our guy going forward. Or, you know, you know we feel like this. he gives us the best chance to win this week or whatever. You don't have, Neither one of these guys deserves that kind of a commitment. They, they don't owe it to Fred McGriff. <laughs> I don't know what to the veteran. Ellinger's not even the veteran, so yeah. No, he's a sixth round rookie. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, yeah, I don't know, what's, I don't know what's up with coaches so doing that. that. Uh, okay, I don't know what's up with a lot of coaches this year. Oy. Yeah, I, I don't quite understand either. Uh, my issue with that was it's not just it was a couple of games that Matt Ryan had where he. Look like, oh wow, okay, there's the old Matty Ice. Okay. Then he had that one where he just was like, Holy shit, this is MVP Matt Ryan. Um and then there's this game where oh there's the Matt Ryan we were expecting yeah. and two two oh, well, there he in the is. first half. Yeah. Um Andrew Adams picked six for, for the Titans. Uh so yeah, that's that's enough at the end of the game. Gotta gotta get him out of here. Gotta be done with. Him. Um, yeah, that's I don't I don't understand it either. Uh, 
I'm, I kind of feel for Frank Reich. Like, how many quarterbacks is he going to go through? Uh, Maybe the Colts should have a strategy other than reclamation projects for quarterbacks. You know, I, I mean, ever since Andrew Luck, it hasn't been good. And these last three, Philip Rivers, the, the corpse of Phillips, Philip Rivers, who actually he got him to the playoffs. I give him that. Yeah, he was fine. Carson Wentz. Man, that was a mistake. And now Matt Ryan. It's yeah. not working. Stop with the stop with these, you know, Methuselah quarterbacks and actually just go get yourself somebody, not a sixth round draft pick. Yeah. Actually, I, um, go get yourself somebody. Because after that uh, very clean game that Matt Ryan had, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah uh, he got sacked three times, drew two picks. He's right back to being the Matt Ryan that led the league in all of those bad stats that we talked about two weeks ago. Oh, my. Uh, all right, the show will have to be br- very briefly interrupted. My wife uh, was flying home, and she is, is, is ah. up front now, so I will be right back. Okay. Well, yeah, so Matt Ryan, I get he's a bum. You don't do that to the veteran. Uh, you, you go out, you sign the guy, you think this guy's got the best chance. You signed him. So you've got to – you don't have to play him, but you don't also have to either hide his injury with the benching and say that it's a performance issue if he's clearly hurt. But but don't go and say that, oh, yeah, we so, we so believe in this guy who we drafted in the sixth round that he's now going to be the starter for the rest of the season. Really, you don't do that. Waiting, waiting to hear Dre when he gets back because I'm curious what his uh, Daniel Sargent moment was in a week that was full of them. I mean, we talked about a lot of them. This whole week was was WTF. It was just one after the next every game. This is this is an interesting week coming up too because we, we again once again uh, don't have any uh, major games here featuring teams with winning records. The, the primetime game that everybody was going to have to see was that Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers game on Sunday night, and that looks like uh, that, that looks like it could be ugly. That game might be over early. I, I hope it's not. I, I'd like to see a competitive game. You'd, you'd like to see Green Bay not be awful. You know, the league probably doesn't want Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers to be terrible. It's like they don't want Brady and the Bucks to be terrible, but this is what they've got. They're going to have to start to embrace some of these new up-and-coming teams. We, we need to definitely feeling like a, a new blood kind of season, a, definitely a, a transitional season where you're starting to see some of that old guard kind of break down and fall. And it, we go through this, you know. Otherwise, we'd still be watching Joe Montana and, and Dan Marino out there playing football. Thank, thank God we're not. Although the way Tom Brady's sticking around, it feels like we're due for 10 more years of this. And I, he doesn't even have to worry about the home life anymore. He can just play football now till he's 50. But I, I really hope that's not the case. I'm, I'm, I think we've all been I think we've all been done with that uh, for a 60 while. 60 or 70. Man, I was so happy when he retired. <laughs> and then he unretired. I was like, fuck. Yep. Came back for this. Uh, kind of, although we said that this is what's happening to them. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's weird and and kind of hilarious all at the same time. Honestly, yeah, yeah, a little macabre, but you know, hey. Uh, that's what my wife says. Hi. 
Hello? Um, and I didn't get my... What are you going to uh, just uh, the the Bears. I mean, hats off to Justin Fields for staying poised during the uh, the beatification of of Bailey Zappi there, and and I'm I'm guilty as well. I uh, texted you when they put him in. I was like, yeah, here we go, Bailey Zappi. Um, and eventually the wheels fell off fell off of that. The Bears D put the kid back in his place, and then your your bear whispering came through, and the, the Bears took over. But just they look so in control all, all of a sudden Chicago actually looked like they knew what to do with Justin Fields. Like for the first time, almost ever the bears looked like they knew what they had in that, in that quarterback and used his legs and used his speed and, and used his, his football instinct and let him actually make plays out there. I don't know why it took so long. I don't know why they decided to do it in this game. Uh, but that was kind of my, what the fuck I'm watching that, you know, I'm a bears fan. So I'm sitting there watching it halfway cheering and like, all right, we're finally going to use this kid and see what we got. But the other half of me, you know, having picked New England to win and cover yeah. and watching the Bears go over 33 to 14, I'm like, what, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, the, other, Cass, yeah. the other part of you cursing my name for bear whispering again. That and uh, Kaz and Renard are trying to, uh, you know, assess our opinions and whatnot. And you, immediately chime in on Twitter. Yeah, Bears are going to win and cover. The Bear Whisperer has spoken. Uh, and I'm, you know, text, going back and forth with Kaz, and I'm like, this is uh, Matt Eberflus versus Bill Belichick. It's going to be disgusting. It's going to be complete. <laughs> There's no contest. And yeah. then that happened. Like, what the fuck? Okay. Well, I called my shot. You, you did. You sure did. I didn't even well, say we... I'm taking the point. I said they're covering and winning. <laughs> and they're going to win. And you absolutely call it that. And they ran for both... 243 yards. Let's not forget that. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't just Fields. It was, uh, it was a team effort. I mean, he did lead uh, we... the team in rushing, but he had 82 right. out of 243 <laughs> yards. Yeah. Uh, we, we both tried to call some shots there. We both tried to balance our leg on one chair and, and set a stand on the other. I took ND plus two <laughs> against – uh, that did not work. Against the Titans, that did not quite work out. Um, and you said you would have taken the Cleveland Browns plus seven, but the spread was six and a half. So you took the, uh, the Ravens. And I, and, yeah, I've been just splitting hairs. We yeah. did it last night. I'm like, oh, man, you're screwing me on these lines, which we still have to talk about. <laughs> but that's, we'll table that for, for down the road. And it didn't matter either way. Right, as it turned out. All right. Uh, we get in everything we wanted to get in about week uh, yeah, I think we talked about every single game. You did, yeah, you briefly mentioned the Raiders. That there's nothing much to talk about there. Uh, I, I want to ask about how, how's that David Davis Mills fan club going? Eh, you know, the the jersey is kind of getting tattered and torn up. Hey, he went, he went for three hundred two. I mean, there's there's that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the Raiders. They, they don't yeah. stop anybody. <laughs> I know. Uh, so, so same, same as always, same as before the season began. Like there's flashes, but got to see more. Want to see more? Uh, basically, yeah. we haven't, we haven't changed. The, the, the train is still in the station for, for, for Mr. For Mr. Mills. So. Yeah. Well, they're uh, so we'll, bad. Uh, he, uh, this might be his one and only shot. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll see this week. Uh, well, what happens when the uh, when the Titans come calling? This week, I just mean this oh. season. <laughs> this well. <laughs> That's, well, that's what I wanted. It was one season. Yeah. One season. Let's give him a fair shot. 
so we'll, we'll see how that all works but, out. Uh, uh, but even with the new format, we still hit a little bit on every game. Yeah, we, we definitely have something to get in about about everything. Um, so with that, we will move on to make our week eight picks. We'll do that in a couple of minutes. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Not on the radio, but only here on the website, blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. To be notified when we're live, you can follow the show on the Blog Talk Radio website, or you can follow my Twitter feed at IMLDDre when I tweet out when we're live before every show. Jason's on Twitter too. His feed is at IMLDJTG. Our show is available as a podcast where you can get the live show and a special VIP after show. To listen to the show as a podcast about an hour or so after the live show is over, come back to the show page and go through our archives or subscribe on iTunes or any number of different podcasting apps, including Player.fm, Mixcloud, Blueberry, and the TuneIn Radio app. You'll get the whole show, the live show and the after show, downloaded straight to you. You can always send us a question or comment or shout-out via email to the following email address, inmuchlessdetail at gmail.com. You can follow all of our picks on our blog. The website for the blog is inmuchlessdetail.blogspot.com. Our Thursday night picks will be available Thursday afternoon on our Twitter feeds. Again, that's at IMLDDre and at IMLDJTG. This copyrighted broadcast is a production of Jay and Me and is solely performed for our entertainment as well as for any poor soul who happens to be listening. It is intended to be a football pick show for the private non-commercial use of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, retransmission, or any other use of the descriptions and accounts of this podcast without the express written consent of Jay or me is strictly prohibited. 14 games left to pick on the docket for week eight after our Thursday night victory with the Ravens uh, to start the week off. Two teams on by, the Chiefs and the Chargers. Um, and once again, a week where <laughs> I don't know what to make of this, but again, there's only, just like last week, there's only one game on the entire schedule mm. in which both teams have winning records. So as tough as last week was, got to do it all over again. So I, uh, how do you feel about this week's fix? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know from week to week anymore. I mean, seven and seven last week shouldn't feel great, but hey, it's not five and nine. Exactly. I'll take, I would so, take seven and seven. I'll take it. You know, it gets me yeah. what five back now. So, uh, that's right. You're at 54 and 53. I'm at 59 and 48. And we both yeah. started off with a win. It always feels better. It's always great. You've always got that. You've got one. That's right. <laughs> you got one out of the way. You're not, one of us isn't playing catch up on the other one, or we both just outright take an L to start the week. So, yeah, hey, one and oh, we both feel like geniuses. We're undefeated for week eight. We never lose on Thursday nights in week eight in 2022. Uh, we will start tomorrow morning with our final London game of the season at Wembley Stadium. Uh, this will not be something you can watch on TV. This is uh, just like the Thursday night 
uh, Amazon package. You can only watch this one streaming. Uh, this is on ESPN Plus, which I do not have, so no, uh, I'll have to I'll have to keep up with that during the uh, the pregame shows uh, around the league. Uh, but it's the Broncos and the Jaguars. Your 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 favorite coach, Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, our favorite quarterback, Russell Wilson, doing the whole Tybo exercise plan up and down the aisle of the plane, <laughs> getting himself ready, getting his high knees all worked up. He's going to be ready to go. Uh, you're you're on the clock. You're on the record. You called this weeks ago. Nate Hackett does not fly back with the team. He stays in England and gets fired after this game. We'll see if that actually works out. Uh, for the Jags, all about Travis Etienne and running back now that they've shipped James Robinson off. Uh, but he's looked very good, so they, they should have a good one on their hands there. Uh, both teams, two and five, entering this one. Jags are the slight favorite, minus two and a half against the Broncos. Yeah, and Etienne brings them more in the passing game, too. So I know that. So that gives them a little bit of an added dimension there. Um, admittedly, the Broncos they still play great defense, but I, I I called this shot now going back to that debacle in the first few. Every week is a debacle with the Broncos. I'm getting this coach fired. I got to take the jack. <laughs> I'm not locking it up, but I got to. Oh. I, I can. I know it doesn't matter with the locks at this point, <laughs> but. You know, he's probably, if he stays behind, you know, give him a few weeks, he could be the new prime minister over there. They're going through him like crazy. He could, Nathaniel Hackett could could ruin England, too. The way he's ruined this franchise. This was supposed to be, like, the season, right? I mean, I wished when the Broncos traded for Russell Wilson that I could have, I, I should have just gone and found a sports book and faded them so hard not to make the playoffs because I'm on record. They were yeah, even when they made the trade. I'm like, oh yeah, well enjoy your last place finish. Um, yeah, because it, it, it's not a great team. I mean, it's a good defense, and they were just they're surrounded by so much talent in that division. It was just doomed to fail. But they're just they're not even doing anything against like the teams that they should play well against. They just got somewhat embarrassed by the Jets, who did not play a great game. The Broncos held them to 16, couldn't win. It's just crazy. The Broncos they're holding these teams under 20 pretty much every week, except I believe for that one game against the Raiders, where they've been able to hold teams and keep them under to very respectable defensive numbers they're one of the top ranked pass defenses they're so good defensively that's what makes it so maddening is what an idiot that coach is so i'm taking the jags and there's gonna and then nathaniel hackett gets fired during the bye week it's gotta happen make it happen you're trying to talk it up to, uh, you're trying to talk it into existence like i've never heard before so you're really uh trying to make I'm, that happen i'm gonna be so disappointed if he's their coach in two weeks uh, like I said, the template for our coach is so terrible, we need to shit-can him before he even gets through the first half of a year. Yes. Uh, was was set last year with Urban Meyer, and as terrible <laughs> as Nate Haggard has been, he's not Urban Meyer, is he? No, Urban Meyer was a bad off-the-field guy. Nathaniel Hackett, for what I've seen through seven weeks, is one of the worst in-game play callers and everything. He does he does nothing right. The Broncos, I mean, throw this stat out here. I know you don't the Broncos have scored the least amount of points in football right now. 
the two teams in front of them have played another, like, one less game than them. <laughs> the, the Broncos' offense is bad. Yes, got it. Understood. Oh, 100 points right. in seven weeks. I guess I feel like there's been so much, like, uh, miscommunication on the field, so many missed targets, uh, that there's still plausibility that the offense will improve and maybe greatly as the season goes on, as Russell Wilson and, and these guys uh, get more familiar with each other. I, maybe I'm looking at it through rose-colored glasses as a, as a Russell Wilson fan, but I, I still think they got room to grow, and I understand that Nate Hackett has been bad at play calling and bad at, at organization, um, but I don't. I just don't think he's been bad enough to get rid of him after, before his first year is even over. At least the Broncos won't get the home fans booing uh, in England and counting down the play <laughs> clock for them, so that's good. Um, but here's another stat for you. Why do you, why do they have 110 penalties already? It's, oh. it's week eight. Why do you have that many? I'm taking the Jags with you. I'm not locking it either, but I, I'm, yeah. I don't have any reason and to take the Broncos. How many of those are pre-snap penalties on offense? They're, it's bad. Delay another of false game. Start. Oh, oh, false start, delay yeah. game. No, I'm telling you, the, the fans walked out. <laughs> Overtime? Oh, hell no. We're not watching this. Yeah, I'm going home. <laughs> hell no. I don't no, even want to watch this anymore. for free. <sighs> Let's go back to uh, America for the early Sunday slate. Let's go down to the Dirty Dirty. And the Panthers and the Falcons, Carolina now 2-5 and five after that surprise upset victory last week. And the Falcons are 3-4, and four, but 6-1 and one against the spread, as you pointed out. Uh, your, your guy Hubba Bubba lasted one week, and then he hurt his ankle, so he will not play for the Panthers. Uh, for the Falcons, they got cornerback issues. A.J. Terrell is out. He joins uh, Casey Hayward, who's already on injured reserve, so they have issues there. Uh, with that, the Panthers are still the underdog. They are plus four at the Falcons. This actually feels like one of those games that you know, Arthur Smith, with that, you know, the commitment to what they do might actually work. This feels like it would be the right spot for a lot of Tyler Algier and Caleb Huntley and Mariota running the ball and Mariota kind of sprinkling in a few passes. The Panthers, despite beating whatever the corpse is of the bucks <laughs> last week, you know, I, I, you got to discount that right now. Cause they're just such a mess. I actually think Atlanta, they, they've acquitted themselves pretty well, even though they're not the most massively talented team, but I still think they're four points better than the Panthers here. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be really close to this number. Cause I don't think Atlanta really has that blowout potential, although they hey, they handled the Niners pretty easily the last time in their own building. I think they can handle the Panthers. Uh, you'd think. Uh, I don't know how much of that was the time zone. I, the, the Falcon, I think that was a really bad matchup for the 49ers. Uh, for some reason, they just uh, yeah. were not equipped uh, to handle uh, the, uh, the Falcons there. Uh, I'm taking the Falcons as well because that was Carolina's no one believed in us moment. That was it. <laughs> Everybody thought we were going to lose the Panthers. Yeah, now they're like, we bad, we bad. Uh-oh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They're not doing that shit again. No, sorry. Um, this is the Art Smith call more than 16 throws challenge. Hey, 
Call more than 16 throws in a game and see what happens. You might actually win and, and look pretty good in doing it. Trust your quarterback. The I Falcons are averaging 7.9 yards per throw. Throw the I ball. Remember, I didn't remember Marcus Mariota as being completely ass as a thrower of the football. I, I don't get it. He wasn't great. Um, he had some of those Tannehill-like throws. Like, oh, my God, why did you do that? But he wasn't this, where you got to completely hide him and, and only yeah. let him throw ten times. That's, that, that's a little over. pass catchers. Yeah. He's the, got the, the a big, top-tier big receiver and a top-tier tight end. Use them. Try him out. You drafted a receiver in the first round, throw it to him more than once. What, one All for right. nine? That's not a great stat line for your number one draft pick? Not to me. Uh, maybe someone else thinks it is. The uh, Cardinals and the Vikings, Arizona now 3-4, and four, and Minnesota coming off their bye, 5-1. and one. Uh, In this one, uh, maybe Terminator is down. James Conner has bad ribs. He will not play. And Darrell Williams is a game-time decision with a knee injury. So they got running back issues in Arizona. Looks like uh, another Eno. Eno Benjamin. Benjamin. Eno Benjamin. I, I remember the Eno. I forgot the last name for a second there. Uh, Cardinals are the dogs uh, plus three and a half at the Vikings. Yeah, I, I got to give the Vikings this one. I'm going to give uh, give the points. Arizona's defense is so bad. I, I really don't want to see this is like the hide the children. This could be that ugly because this is this. Kirk Cousins throwing that to Justin Jefferson and Thielen and Irv Smith and David Dalvin. All these guys are coming off the bye, and they get to play, they get to face that defense. Unless they come up with two more pick sixes in a one minute span. I mean, it's Kirk Cousins. Anything's possible, <laughs> but yeah. I, I don't see that. I don't. I don't see that happening again. Now that's not to say because Minnesota's back end is pretty trash too. So maybe there's going to be some plays back there for Hopkins coming back. He looked really good. That was it. Ten catches. In his first game back, I mean, clearly that's the guy that Kyler Murray is going to lock onto. So I think that the Cardinals are going to be able to to put up some points, but I think Minnesota is able to pull away and and, and keep them away because they can run, they can throw. Uh, They're overall, I think, more equipped to handle this game, and they're well-rested. They're definitely well-rested. Kyler, like I said, continues to look like the least prepared quarterback every week. It looks like him and his coach just do not know what's going on. It looks like they're reading from uh, books from in different languages uh, when they walk into the building together. They just, they're just they so out of sync. Uh, anyone with – I understand the wide receiver injuries, and I understand missing DeAndre Hopkins for the first six games. But even with that, someone with a – the creative mind of Cliff Kingsbury and the talent of Kyler Murray, number one overall pick. And they're producing a passing game that's averaging 5.9 yards for throw right now. That's awful. That's worse than the, the, the jets and the Steelers. And it's just, it's, it's terrible. Um, and, and I don't know if that's going to turn around because it doesn't – got to prepare in order to turn that around. You can't just keep winging it every game. And it, I, I don't want to be stereotypical, but it looks like Kyler, Kyler Murray's going in there winging it every game. It really does look like uh, he's unprepared. Um, and that reflects on the coach as well, not just on Kyler. Um, and the Vikings can certainly scheme around uh, their terrible defense. Um, and when you're going against an offense that, that's this toothless and this weak, um, I don't want to – 
pump up the Vikings as some uh, incredible monster. But again, this is a, a difficult week with all these games with, with losing teams with losing records or 500 records. I don't know why the Vikings are only three and a half point favorites and they, they couldn't win this by three touchdowns easily. I, I don't know why they wouldn't just blow the Cardinals out of the water. So I'm, I'm going to lock up the Vikings coming off their bye. Why not? Hey, why not? It's gone. It's going back to the well. You've locked them up once already. You locked them up against the Dolphins a few weeks ago. And, and I know I can't uh, lock them uh, two weeks in a row. They were on bye last week, so I didn't have to worry about that. Right. It's always good locking up a team coming off the bye when you can't lay out. Good, good move. Damn right. I, I just had to check that I lock against the uh, the Cardinals, but I, I did not. Uh, on to the Raiders and the Saints. Um, and this one uh, down in the Superdome, Raiders 2-4, and four, Saints 2-5, and five, both of those teams, I think, uh, we're looking for much better records at this point than that. Um, I think both teams have enough talent to be much better than that. Something's got to give. Raiders are 0-3 on the road so far this year. Saints are 0-3 at home at the Superdome. Something has uh, got to get figured out there. Uh, Darren Waller may return from his hamstring for the uh, Raiders. Look out for the inactives tomorrow for that. Uh, but they they really might need him because Devontae Adams apparently has the flu, and uh, there's yeah. others on on the injured list that also have illness. So whatever he's got, it looks like it's going around uh, for the Raiders. So that might really be an issue. Saints have issues of their own once again. Uh, no Mike Thomas, no Jarvis Landry at the uh, receiver position for Red Rifle. Uh, cornerback issues. Bradley Roby is on IR with an ankle injury. Marshawn Lattimore is still down. He's not going to play again with that abdominal injury. Um, and this one the Raiders find themselves a very slight road favorite minus one at the Saints. Uh, so what you're saying is you love the over here. Uh, I, I do. I actually do. I, I, the I, over. I love the over on this one, too. This, this is, even with the lack of weapons, and as much as we crapped on Andy Dalton for that performance on Thursday night, he still, minus that one-minute stretch, played one hell of a game. <laughs> I mean, he he did move the ball. They've got Kamara back and healthy. He's in the mix. He's a big pass part of the passing game. They they've got this thing going where they sprinkle in Taysom Tebow and, and get him in the mix, and it seems to be working for him. So and, and the receivers guys have filled in and filled in okay. We had a Kevin White sighting last week, uh, which was weird. Uh, I didn't know quite how to feel about that. I was like, is he, I thought he'd know he was still alive. I was like, holy shit, a Kevin White sighting. And then, you know, with uh, Callaway and Trey Cronk. He's the next Deshaun Jackson. He's going to have a 70-yard catch once yeah. a year for the next 10 years. Yeah. And if he's Will Fuller, he does that and then blows his knee out. Oh. On that, right after the catch. You know, the, the Johnson, the Titans. So they're sprinkling in guys and, and getting them in there and scheming them up. So I don't think the Saints are going to have a problem scoring points in this game. I'm actually taking the Saints to win a shootout. Yeah, uh, Red Rifle's not on Thursday night. So yeah. he can actually play a full game and <laughs> look pretty decent. Uh, yeah. he's, he's got a chance to play well, at least. Uh, Josh he played 59 Jacobs. minutes, very, very 59 <laughs> great minutes against the Cardinals. Yeah. Uh Josh Jacobs has been a dog. Like not not a dog player, but he's been a he's got that dog yeah. game. He's been killing it uh for the Raiders uh lately. And I think the Saints must focus. I think Dennis Allen has to know that and he has to come in focus on stopping Josh Jacobs because uh Devontae is he's been iffy this year, even before this illness, and now he's gonna come in trying to uh run past the flu. I I at the at the risk of getting burned by him, I think they should take the focus off the uh, the pass D 
uh, for the Saints and try to focus in on the run and stopping the Raiders and making Derek Carr. Derek Carr can be the one very easily to make the really dumb passing mistakes and make the uh, the critical IMT uh, to lose the game late. I will concur with you and take the Saints as well. Awful lot of agreement so far here. Yeah, four for four. All right. On to the uh, Patriots and the Jets. If we agree on this, that's great because I don't know what the hell to make of either team either way. So whatever you want to – whichever way you go, that's fine. Sure. Uh, Patriots are three and four. Jets are five and two. I quite know how they're doing it, but, hey, the, the kids are playing. Got to give it to them uh, for that. Uh, Mac Jones, let's try it again. We're going to run it back, and apparently Mac Jones is going to get the start for the uh, Patriots, uh, even though he started the last game, played one series, and got benched. Uh, for the Jets, as we talked about, uh, Brees Hall uh, blows out his knee. He's done, so they make a very swift move to change uh, trade for uh, James Robinson from Jacksonville. Uh, but Robert Sala says it's going to be a take-it-slow situation, so I don't know if he's going to have a full commitment uh, tomorrow. It might be more like a Christian McCaffrey last week deal where he plays like 10, 15, 20 uh, snaps or something like that. Uh, they will not have Chris Davis, uh, the wide receiver, as a knee injury. Um, and this one, another uh, slim line. Patriots are actually the favorite, uh, minus two and a half at the Jets. Taking the Jets here, um, I think the the Patriots showed that you, you, you kind of run on these guys uh, after the Bears ran for 240 yards on them. Oof. Whether that's Michael Carter or sprinkling in some James Robinson, I think they're going to be. Boy, if this was with Brees Hall, this would just be like a smash spot. But it wasn't to be. That's sad because he was. Uh, very electric for them, so who yeah. really needs to step up? I don't want to see Mac Jones step up. I want to see Garrett, uh, I'm sorry, not Garrett Wilson, Zach Wilson, the other Wilson. I want to see him step up in this game, because they, they've been hiding him through this stretch, and uh, you know, since Joe Flacco got replaced when, when Wilson came back, he, he had some moments right early when he first came back, and then since then, they discovered this rushing attack with Brees Hall, and they've been over to sort of like hide the development of the quarterback. So I'm looking for uh, for Zach Wilson to kind of have to step up in the absence of the of that top running back and make some big throws, get Garrett Wilson involved, get Conklin involved. I think the Patriots are reeling still a little bit, you know, coming off of that embarrassing loss on Monday night. So sometimes uh, those are the ones that kind of expose you for who you really are. And I didn't think the Patriots were that good to begin with. And, and the Jets are playing strong. I'll, I'll take the Jets and the points. Why not? There's a reason they're hiding that quarterback development. It's because I don't think the quarterback's developing very well. Uh, seems like Jack Wilson is becoming uh, the new ghost boy there. And I hate that, people. I think the, uh, the pressure is starting to get to him, and he's not uh, doing very well. So it's, it's very easy to go high behind the running game uh, when you have something like that. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Brees Hall had been sort of taking over that offense, and now they have to deal uh, without him. Um, lots of uh, readings and chat about how awful his play has been under pressure. Belichick knows this. So that's what you, you're afraid of. That's why I don't know which way to go because – I assume Belichick's going to bounce back after what happened Monday night. I assume he's going to get after uh, Zach Wilson and, and put as much pressure on him as possible. But what are those kids on the Jets D going to do to Mac Jones? I don't know. They might just completely blow him up and make them uh, make another quarterback switch and, and go back to, to Bailey Zappi. I have no idea what's going to happen. Uh, I, I know this. Mac dropped 307 uh, last year in a 54-13 to victory over the Jets. 
Therefore, I'm going to take the Jets and concur with you because those kids are going to come in and say, nah, you're not doing that to us. Saul Gardner ain't living 54 uh, on him. That's yeah, no. damn sure. So uh, I'm going to concur with you. Uh, and we're, we're five for five so far. Cool. Six Kumbaya, for six. Yeah, <laughs> Counting yeah, Thursday. Thursday that's night true. Hey, I we're, we're trying to out that I can't catch up if you just agree with me on every pick. Damn right, baby. We're, we're, we're going for the first completely agreed week uh, that we've ever had because that's never and happened. And we will go, uh, yeah, we'll go three and 11. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see how we feel about the biggest spread of the week. Steelers, Eagles, the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles coming off their bye and welcoming Robert Quinn uh, because they weren't strong enough on defense yeah, and, and that, pass that, that trash defense that's only, like, top of the league. <laughs> and still, they're giving up 5.5 yards per throw. That, that's microscopic for, for a pass defense. <laughs> I will say, though, Robert Quinn fits right in because that, that defense, that, that front seven is old. Yeah, right. Him and uh, Brandon Graham and, uh, and Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox, you know, yeah. He fits right big, in. Big bat of Bengay in that locker room for, for those guys after the game. <laughs> uh, but that, that old D getting it done so far, get to take on the uh, the kid, uh, Kenny Pickett, and the 2-5 and five Steelers, 1-3 and three on the road. Uh, biggest spread of the week, Steelers are plus 11 at the Eagles in the Battle of Pennsylvania. Right. Do you remember that first, like, seven, eight minutes last Monday night. I know you do. The Dolphins did to the Steelers. Mm. Expand that out for 60 minutes. <laughs> Eagles squish. Uh, this one, I don't think this is a game at all. That, something tells me yeah, if this is a close game at halftime, <laughs> if this is a close game at halftime, that the, the Eagles aren't going to score zero in the second half. Yeah, they they they're impressive. They're coming. Well, they're coming off the bye too. They mm-hmm. just come, man. They come at you so many different ways. I mean, multi. You know, if like multi running back attack, you know, it, it's crazy. They they just get production out of everybody in that ground game. Plus, the quarterback is an elite runner, and oh yeah, they've got AJ Brown and Goddard. It, it, oh yeah, and. Uh, Devontae Smith, I heard, is pretty good. It's bad. The Eagles are surprising the hell out of me. I did not see the leap from Jalen Hurts coming this fast, but it looks really good. I'll take Philly squish. I don't like giving big points this year either. Yeah, I can't say anything bad about the Eagles uh, right now. The, there's there's nothing to say. They're, they're undefeated. They had their big tests with the Cowboys coming in on that Sunday night, and they just put them down with ease. Uh, would they have done that with Dak? I, maybe, possibly, probably, but we will never know. Uh, but all you can do is beat who's in front of you, and that's what the Eagles uh, have done so far. The the record they're so young. The well, most of them are young. The, the defense is old. The front seven is old. But the uh, but the key players on offense they're young. The coaches young. Uh, Sirianni. That record's going to crush them eventually. We we see this. Uh, you know, the the heavy is the head that wears the crown. They're the last undefeated team. Um, eventually, they're going to stumble. Eventually, it's going to weigh on them. Um, the question is: Is this the week uh, against Kenny Smallhands? No, no, I don't. I don't think this is the week. I, I will concur and give the eleven. I thought you were going to lock it up the way you were uh, talking up that squish there. No, you know what I'm <laughs> locking up. I, I do. Yeah, you um, 
Oh, okay. Uh, but Bears, Cowboys? No. Uh, <laughs> I thought you're going Bear Whispering again or something, but I'm like, no, but they're not playing an prime AFC time? team. No, it's not prime time. It's not an AFC team. Okay. Um, now I got to look down the list after I uh, give you Bears, Cowboys, because I'm very uh, curious now, but. Uh, second biggest spread of the week, Bears at three and four, coming off that impressive win. I, I, I guess if they got beat by the Patriots, this would be a two touchdown spread. I don't know. Um, Cowboys five and two, coming off the uh, return of Dak last week, didn't look exactly sharp, but it was his very first game. You wouldn't necessarily expect him to. This would be uh, some different scenery in this game because of, not just because of Robert Quinn being uh, shipped off by the Bears, but because of Zeke, Ezekiel Elliott messed up his MCL. He's not going to play in this game. This will be the Tony Pollard show for the Cowboys, which a lot of people have been uh, clamoring for. Uh, Bears are plus 10.5 down in Jerry World. I don't think this is a big step back going from, from Zeke to Pollard, at least. Um, really, the, the, the story of this game for me is going to be that defense of the Cowboys has just been shutting people down. Uh, that pass rush is relentless. Uh, I think they're going to get after the Bears and Josh Field. That was that was a great game last week, guys. You guys bear whispered and you pulled one out for me, and you can now go back to getting destroyed like you should. Um, Cowboys here, I'm giving them all. No bear whispering this week. <laughs> yeah, I, I know what your uh, lock is now. I got to wait till the uh, to the nighttime for that one. Uh, yes. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's see Chicago build on on their Ravens-like offense uh, that that's showing in New England. That was that was different. That was something that was very surprising. But you know what? Dallas struggles to stop the run. Uh, you know, Dan Quinn's fast but light defense. They can get pushed. They can get shoved. We've seen it. Uh, they're giving up 4.4 yards per carry this year. Bears. You know exactly what they're doing just by looking. Uh, at the, at the games on the field, and then by looking at the numbers, number one in running yards per game, DFL in passing yards per game. Everyone knows what Chicago is going to do coming into this game. They're going to run the football and run some more and run some more. Um, and I don't know if the, the Cowboys are going to stop them. They're they're just, they're just a little light and a little light in the cakes there. They're not a bad defense at all, but. Uh, this is the worst for them. This is just a bad matchup. Um, so I'm taking the Bears. I'm taking the points. Uh, I don't. I'm not calling them necessarily to win, but I think they're going to stay within shouting distance. Uh, Dak's still working his way back. He might have a much better showing in his second game, but uh, I, I think Chicago's going to make it difficult. They're, they're going to run and ball control, and uh, I, I almost guarantee uh, the Bears will win time of possession, um, and that, that's a big way to cover numbers by just playing keep away. So that's our first disagreement of the week. Which is, that's wild. (laughs) Uh, From there, Fish and Lions up in Motown, Miami at four and three, Detroit at one and five. Lions are, uh, I don't know why I thought the Lions were coming off the bye, but they're not. Um, Because they haven't seen them actually play football in the last three weeks. (laughs) Uh, Lions were off the bye last week, right? That's that's why I got confused. Yeah. All right, um, it's, it's late and I'm disoriented because my wife interrupted the show, even though she knew I was doing the show. Um, and this one, DeAndre Swift, uh, looks like he's definitely going to go. He's off the injury report. They've been talking about him maybe coming back for the last couple of weeks after that shoulder injury, but uh, certainly looks like he's going to be uh, 
active and ready to go in this one. Uh, Dolphins and Tua are the favorite, minus four at the Lions. Yeah, two uh, bottom five pass defenses in this game. In that dome, on the track, the Lions, they, they got to show something, don't they? Because, I mean, this used to be the – they were the auto-cover team. And then they just, right. just kind of disappeared. I don't know what happened the last couple of games. But, I mean, Dallas's defense, they'll do that to you. They will shut that passing game down. Dolphins don't shut it down on the back end anywhere near as much. I think this game's actually got some, some shootout potential to it. Um, like that number at four, so I'm going to go ahead and take the Lions. This, this feels like one of those heartbreak Lions losses. I could really see them losing this game on a last-second field goal or some kind of a crazy late touchdown that puts the Dolphins over by one or two. Um, they're, they're snake bit. They, they sure are. They, they try hard, though, although you didn't see it in the results against New England or or against Dallas, but I think a little bit of the home cooking on the fast track, I think that gets them gets them going. I, a lot of points scored, I think, in this game. Uh, yeah, I agree with all of that. I, the, the Lions, how do they find a way to blow this one is, is my big takeaway from this one because they've just been finding a way to blow yeah. games and blow spreads, and, and they got their uh, their coach being emotional. Uh, Dan Campbell is, is breaking up after every game. He's, he's going to need a, a hanky. Uh, at the press conference after every game. I love the over. I had that in caps, take the over. Uh, yeah. So I definitely agree that it has shootout potential. Um, the only reason I'm going to diverge and take the uh, the Dolphins is because that's a kind of small number. It, it it might be a field goal victory, but it also might be Miami holds on by like six, you know, at the end. Uh, they're both up in the 30s, but they win by a, a touchdown instead of a field goal. So I don't feel great about it, but we're, we're going to disagree on that one. I will take Miami and give the four. All right. uh, the... I am loaded up, by the way, with Dolphins <laughs> DFS tomorrow on. One of my lineups, nothing but Dolphins. So I can't say I disagree completely with you there. Right. Yeah, that's that's not a bad play. <laughs> uh, on to the late slate. Titans and Texans, AFC South action. We know that the uh, Titans love seeing the Houston Texans on their schedule. Tennessee at four and two, Houston at one four and one uh, for the Titans. The uh, the big change is at quarterback uh, Tanny's ankle. It was it was iffy all weekend. They finally ruled him out. So the first career start for Malik Willis at quarterback. What you talking Titans. about? You talking about Willis? Uh, for the uh, Texans, they got wide receiver issues. Nico Collins uh, has a groin. He's out. Brandon Cooks has a wrist. He hasn't been ruled out officially. This is a little interesting to me. Roto World smells something fishy with all of the uh, injuries. They smell trades in the works. They basically accuse the Texans of playing games and, and not really. These guys aren't really hurt. They're just holding them out trying to make some ah, okay. last-minute deals. So I don't know uh, anything about it, but that's what they. they that's how they believe uh, the Texans are rolling. Um, I'm sure because of the quarterback change, uh, the only reason for Houston being a one-point favorite at home against the Titans. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you one game that the Houston Texans don't play. It's called stopping the run. <laughs> CFL, lowest graded team in the league against stopping the run, and they their reward is to face Derrick Henry. I, I don't care who the quarterback is in this game. I mean, we, you talked about the Tanny show and, you know, how it's been canceled multiple times. 
I I don't I don't think there's going to be a huge drop going going to Malik Willis. I, I don't know that this is necessarily going to be an awful thing for Tennessee as long as you can turn around and put it in the belly at 22. He's going to open up some things in the passing game. So I I have no fear in taking uh, Tennessee in this game as a home dog against that run D. That feels like a gift. Yeah, I don't. I was very surprised to see uh, the Texans' favorite, um, and Derrick Henry is the Texans' daddy. There's no doubt about that. He gets uh, absolutely uh, excited and aroused every time he sees Houston on this schedule. Because uh, I definitely remember a few years ago where he needed a certain number of yards to win the rushing title, and his last game was against Houston, and he goes for like yeah. two hundred. Yeah, blows it was him out a big number. Yeah. yeah. Um, here's the, here's the deal. I don't think the Titans are feeding Derrick Henry like they usually do, and I don't think he's running quite the way he usually does. They're only averaging 3.7 yards per carry this season. Um, this feels like a get-right spot for them, but I'm still worried that Henry is coming off the uh, the ankle injury last year isn't quite the Derrick Henry that he could be, and I'm definitely worried about starting a, a rookie running back uh, quarterback rather in this situation. Uh, I think Houston gets the win. I think uh, General Mills uh, has a nice day in the air. Titans are next to last in pass defense. This, I think this is the spot where General Mills uh, figures out what he's doing in the air, and he's, he knows he's got guys on the field uh, that want to be there because the guys that don't want to be there are being held back, uh, apparently, if you look at Roto World. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to actually take Houston to spring the upset. And I, I want to see Malik Willis. I'm definitely excited to see him play. But this is very first start. He's, he had limited, you know, experience in college. And I, I don't – I think – I want him to get the experience, but I'm not going to take him in his very first game out. I do, I do want to point out, though, that you can't spring the upset when you're the favorite. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good point. Um, <laughs> it, it just feels like an upset. I know it would feel like an upset, but yeah, I'm actually getting the point here, which just it just feels so weird. The, the one they four hate, and one they team. hate Malik Willis that much. I mean, how much is Tanny worth? I, I promise you, the Titans would be favored if Tanny was playing. By He'd be favored by four or five. Four or five. I was just about to say four or five. Yeah. So he's we yeah. Should write the he's lines. Worth, <laughs> it's probably worth about five or six points. Yeah, that sounds about right. Wow. Okay. And, and I'm rooting for Malik to you know. Show it up yeah, me too. I'm and, actually and, very interested to see that one. Yeah. Um, all right, from there, uh, another divisional-type battle uh, between the Niners and the Rams out in the uh, NFC West. Uh, San Fran at 3-4 three and four and the Rams at 3-3 three and three coming off their bye. Should get Van Jefferson uh, to make his season debut coming off his knee injury for the Rams. For San Fran, they got a big uh, injury on their side. Debo's hammy. Debo Samuel is down for tomorrow with a hamstring injury. Uh, this is a rematch of a Monday night uh, debacle in week four, where the Niners uh, at home in Santa Clara put the uh, the hurt on the Rams 24 to nine. Their seventh straight win at the time over the Rams, uh, sacking Matthew Stafford seven times. Uh, they looked like he needed eyeglasses in that game. He was not uh, making his targets uh, when he wasn't getting sacked. He was overshooting guys and, and threw an interception of pick six right to the uh, Tud. Uh, Tufanga, I think is his name. Tufanga. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, in this one, the Niners are actually the slight favorite, minus one in L.A. If I was a Niners fan going to this game, I'd make a big sign that just says, Daddy's home. Hmm. Because 
they are the daddy of the Rams, and the Rams have not been that impressive this year. And Stafford is throwing a lot of questionable balls. I mean, so is, uh, you know, Jimmy G. Um, but, yeah, Debo going down means they probably lean a little more on Christian McCaffrey, which is perfect in this spot because this is his third week with the team. He should slide right in. think he can become that factor sort of in the passing game because he's a good receiver out of the backfield. They need to now rely more on Ayuk and Kittle. I still – they own these guys. I don't think the streak snaps here. You get into the head of somebody, and it's hard to get It's hard to get them out. I'll take the Niners here. We should have done it last time. We didn't learn our our lesson. Uh, we both did learn our lesson this time. Uh, Sean McVay has to scheme around his protection at some point or else just admit he's not on Kyle Shanahan's level because this is getting ridiculous. Like, you, Kyle Shanahan knows every single game he goes in. He's got whatever his quarterback situation is, whether it's it's uh, uh, Trey Lance or or, uh, or Jimmy G. He knows he has a scheme around the the Rams and Aaron Donald and whoever else is rushing with Aaron Donald, and he does it. He finds a way. He figures it out. He finds a way to, to scheme around it. And Sean McVay can't do it. He does not scheme around the uh, the Niners and and Bosa and all those guys. Uh, I don't know why, but he doesn't, and we're both going to concur and figure it out and, and take the uh, the 49ers, which, of course, means the Rams are going to figure it out and, and get it done tomorrow. That was possible. I mean, it's got to – I guess they're due. They, 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 they are due. All right, here is the main event of the week, the only game featuring two teams with winning records, and as everyone would have guessed before the season began, it's the Giants and the Seahawks. Yeah, what a, what a game. Yeah. Giants are six and one, as we uh, mentioned earlier in the show, making Jason sick. Uh, the Seahawks are four and three. No one has ever started a season six and one or better, six and one or seven and zero, oh, with all of their wins being by one possession, until the New York Giants. That's what they've done. And they get a little bit of a break going up to the Pacific Northwest because DK Metcalf looks doubtful. He's got a knee injury. Yeah. He's listed as questionable, but uh, the writers look like they, they don't think he's going to play. It looks, looks bad for him. And Tyler Lockett has a hammy that he played through last week um, that put him at 6.4 yards per catch, uh, which is well below his season average. So uh, I don't know how effective he's going to be out there, but as I praise Seattle for, they found some other speed and, Marquis Goodwin and took advantage of that, so we'll see if they'll they're able to do that again tomorrow. Giants three and zero on the road, Seahawks two and one at home. Uh, cop out line, Giants plus three at the Seahawks. Yeah, we talked about Houston and that DFL graded run D. Well, the Giants are thirtieth, <laughs> so I expect this to be a big spot for Kenneth Walker, um, who's actually stepped in. Uh, for Rashad Penny like, really nicely. It's like a nice change of pace. He got that rookie who can just slide right in, and he doesn't seem to have lost a beat here. And, God, wouldn't it just be perfect if the team that, that finally sort of ends this sort of run that the Giants is on is, oh, God, Geno Smith. <laughs> it's it just – it's perfect. It's it just like this rice itself, like because – I really do find the Giants to be completely fraudulent. Uh, They have run into the right opponent a whole bunch of times. And it's not easy going up to Seattle. It's not easy going east all the way up there to face that, that, that those fans and, and that offense right now, which is clicking. I mean, Gino was throwing some 
like ridiculous balls. His accuracy this season has been, I, I can't believe that's the same guy who we've made fun of. I mean, his nickname is not an endearing one. Hmm. So, no, we you know, calling him old and, guy and, Geno and, Smith for a long time. Yeah. And I'm sure the Giants will be able to, to move the ball and scheme. And, and it, you know, it's probably going to be some, a lot of points scored in this game. But I'm going to side with the Seahawks here. and Hopefully they can put down the Giants. <laughs> yeah, battle of fabulous uh, run attacks, both of them. Uh, yeah. Kevin Walker, of course, and uh, Saquon Barkley and the Giants. And a battle of uh, swinging door, swinging gate run defenses, because neither one of them are any good stopping the run. Uh, so I, I think it's going to be a very even matchup. I love the over in this one as well. They, I can both see them both up in the thirties. Um, and Seattle uh, lack of weapons for Geno Smith might be a factor, but you know what? The Giants can tell you all about it because they have been struggling with their wide receiver weapons all year yeah. long, and somehow keep finding a way to win these games. I will concur and say the luck finally runs out and the Giants lose by more than three. It might not be by more than four or five, but eventually the luck has to run out. So I will uh, concur with you and take the Seahawks. The uh, Potato Skins visiting the Colts in what was going to be Carson Wentz's uh, revenge game part two or three, but he's not available. Washington at three and four, Indianapolis at three, three and one. The Sam Ellinger show gets started for the Colts. He is now there starting quarterback. Darius Leonard will try once again to come back from injury for the Colts. He tried earlier this year, lasted a couple of plays, and then got concussed. Uh, so he'll try to be out on the field, but Quiddy Pay with his ankle will not be there uh, for the Colts. Uh, for Washington, Deami Brown is up for the wide receiver core, maybe. Uh, but Jahan Watson is definitely down. He is out with a hamstring injury, and they will get more beer man, of course, at quarterback. Uh, this is also a cop-out line, Washington plus three at the Colts. Yeah, this is interesting because Sam Ellinger has one thing that you can say about him that Matt Ryan does not. And do you know what that one He'll thing run. is? He's, yes, he's mobile. He can move the pocket, which with that, pretty, with that crap indie offensive line, which used to be their strength, Matt Ryan, I mean, obviously a lot of Matt Ryan's sacks are just turtles, um, but getting that added dimension, the guy back there who can move, I really think is going to help them. I think that actually helps Jonathan Taylor. Um, So he might be able to get, he's up. Yeah. Taylor's up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's going to get him more freedom to run. It also gives the quarterback more freedom to run. You probably start to see the RPOs, uh, which then starts to free up in the passing game. I don't think this is a bad move overall for Indy Ellinger. Actually, if you go by preseason, he, was impressive. A lot of these guys, Willis, Ellinger, and uh, Desmond Ritter, these guys were all impressive in the preseason, so he's got some experience, played a lot because these teams don't play their starters very much anymore, so it's not like he's coming into this just ice cold. Um, And I do like that added element of being mobile. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take Indy in this game, and Indy's pass D is one of their few strengths right now. And I think they'll be able to kind of shut down McLaurin, who seems to be Taylor Heineken's uh, favorite target. Oh, hell yeah, for good reason. He should be. He wasn't Wentz's favorite target. Well, that's Carson Wentz. It was Curtis Samuel. 
Yeah, Ellen, uh, uh, yeah, Beer Man doesn't want to throw to any of those other guys uh, except yep. for for McLaurin, and and I certainly don't blame him. Uh, I, I don't think uh, Beer Man was going to be the best quarterback on the field if Matty Ice was playing, and I don't think he's going to be the best quarterback on the field with Sam Ellinger playing. So, um, <laughs> gonna, uh, without a whole lot of confidence, I'm going to concur with you and take the Colts and give the three. I actually uh, made a Sam Ellinger. Uh, lineup tomorrow. Really? In DM. Well, I'll tell you why. He's $4,000. <laughs> okay. So just by having Ellinger as quarterback, if he can put up 15 or 20 points, I, it, it, the whole rest of that lineup is just studs. Sure. Because it's like Derrick Henry. It's just like it's just huge studs, like Barkley. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. All right. The uh, Sunday Nighter, where uh, Jay is certainly going against – uh, the pack and going with his uh, Lock it up. that he that he loved before any of you fools love. So give him all the time to talk about that. And he wants Green Bay at three and four, Buffalo at five and one, and coming off a bye. And Alan Lazard has screwed up his shoulder for the Packers as if they don't yeah. have enough issues. Uh, Green Bay plus ten and a half at Buffalo. Don't mean to be contrarian to Wayne Larravee, but it hasn't really seemed to hurt the Buffalo Bills too bad that their secondary has been beat up. In six games, they've given up 81 points. That is ridiculous when you think about it. So that that's by far the best in football. It's ridiculous how good that their defense has played. Their offense is elite. Josh Allen, this can just destroy these guys. What else is there to say? The Packers look like toast. They they do. Um, yeah, Bills have given up six point six yards for throw this year. That's with a beat up secondary. And that's and that's hurt guy. This is this is from me who I thought that was going to be their big weakness. Uh they, they still don't have their number one cornerback, uh Tredavious White back, but they don't need him when they're just rushing the quarterback with three or four. Uh the the secondary can stand back there and, and you know, file their nails because the quarterback is, doesn't have time to get rid of the football. Um no, the Packers look, look awful. There's there's no doubt about that. Uh, here's my, I guess, dime store psychological view. Bills aren't motivated anymore. They did it. They beat the Chiefs. They did what they were supposed to do. They're in perfect position. They have the number one seed in the AFC. We know the Bills come out and kill everybody when they're properly motivated. They're, they're not motivated anymore. They're coming off the bye. They're nice and relaxed. They had two weeks of people gassing them up, telling them how great they are. Uh, Karen's coming off her best quarterback grade if you hear her on her podcast. Karen Rogers, hey, whatever's going on, not my fault. I had my best quarterback grade of the season. Uh, look, there's no denying Buffalo's great. Uh, they may wreck Green Bay off the bye just for sport, just for fun, because they don't give a fuck. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to take the points. I get a hook there to 10 and a half. I'll, yeah. I'll take the points. And on Monday night, the uh, Battle of Ohio, Cincinnati and Cleveland. Bengals are four and three. Browns are two and five. Jamar Chase, as we discussed, has a real bad hip. He's going to be down uh, maybe multiple weeks uh, for Cleveland. David Njoku, the tight end, is out with an ankle injury. Uh, in this one, Bengals are the road favorite minus three at Cleveland. Yeah, I'm going to actually take the Browns on this one just because you got to go through that adjustment period. you got to figure out what is it going to look like without Jamar Chase, and I don't think that's going to be so easy right away. Plus, Cleveland, they still have a really good pass rush. So now you've got that uncertainty of your number one not being there and a team that can get after you. 
and sack the quarterback. I, I just think that's a recipe. I think Cincinnati is going to be okay, but this feels like a spot where Cleveland can kind of sneak one in on them. So I'm going to take the Browns here. You remember last year, you remember the uh, Bengals had some issues on offense last year. They switched to a Joe Mixon ground attack. They have to take advantage and do that this year. Jamar Chase being sidelined, I think the Bengals know how to do that. They're going to win and cover against the Browns. Or I have to show me. now into our VIP after show program. Uh, I'm, I'm a husband. I'm used to blaming the wife for everything. If my wife doesn't interrupt me coming home from her Hey, trip, hey, hey, take it easy. She just got home. I think we would not have been up against it like she, that and get she gotten to cut off at the end. We had two or three have weeks a heart. in a row. Where, <laughs> Tommy, you're going to get Giselle here. Hey. Look, <laughs> I, I'm here to play my game and I'm here to do what I do best. And if the wife doesn't understand it, she can get to stepping. <laughs> no, I, of course, I'm being completely uh, facetious. Well, not completely, but yes. Um, no, that, that we were we were on time. We were doing uh, what we've been no, doing. Well, we were still on time. You weren't even gone that long. You were gone like two minutes. Yeah, but in that two minutes, I was going to get my what the fuck, and then we were going to move on and start yeah. getting ready. So. You're, good. You're good. Don't worry about it. You, you, nothing <laughs> messed up your flow. I'm, I'm frustrated. Um, yeah, another another week where we disagree on both primetime games. Yeah, that that we do. Um, this might be. Will this be more than five, or is it going to be the same five? I'm thinking it's five. <laughs> I think it's actually five again. What in the hell is going on this year with five? Just is it every five? week? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Bears, wow. Cowboys, Dolphins, yeah. Lions, Texans, Titans, and the two night games. That's it. Wow. <laughs> this is weird, man. This whole season's been Something. weird, but yes, we have disagreed yeah. on so now we've had some where we've started off with cuz last week was technically 6 because we disagreed on Thursday yeah, night. That's, that's true. That's true. But still, when we're actually so doing five the, on the Saturday show. show, it has been 5 now for multiple it's, it's got to be 5 weeks now. Yeah, 4 or 5 6 weeks in a row something yeah. like that, yeah. 5 the magic number. We're just going to disagree on five games every week, and then you know, three and two, four and one. We've both gone five and zero oh against each yeah, other. Yeah, we both swept two. each other. Yeah, and what those sweeps were fives. They sure were. So, and last week uh, was a four and two because you got me on Thursday night, and then I went four and one the rest of the way. Right. Huh. Yeah, I. I, I didn't talk about my lock last week. Was with the Seahawks? Well, I talked about the Seahawks over the the Clippers, yeah. but I didn't uh, mention it was the lock. Oh, it, yeah, was a the, good, it was good. You're having a good run with the locks this season. The, the locks are are lopsided this year for some reason. Yeah, was so. it seven to one, six to one, six to one right now? Yeah, that's just thankfully it's one point. So that it is. I can uh, I can report back that the uh, Bucks game we drove down to was a uh, huge hit. If I had a, a fucking uh, brain in my head, I would have time. slammed the Bucks <laughs> minus 13 over the Rockets. You know, I'm so mad I didn't kill that. When it's 16 to nothing before Houston <laughs> even scored. They got absolutely uh, housed. 
beautiful arena. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, state of the art, gorgeous. Uh, the whole outside area, that that Deer District area with all the entertainment and the restaurants. It just great time. The actual in-game um, presentation, everything was really good. My son, my son, and my family were on the scoreboard, uh, which is fun for their yeah, first ever that. NBA game. Yeah. Um, getting on there with his sign that he's holding up that uh, says he's his first game. Uh, so that was exciting. I've, any sporting event I have ever been to, first time I've ever had anybody who I know or I am with on the scoreboard. So great that that got to be my kids. That was an exciting moment for them. Mm-hmm. Um, it was helpful that the Bucks uh, looked really good. They, they're just really good in general. Uh, Giannis is elite. Um, I can confirm. Oh, you can confirm that? There is, have you seen him in person yet? <laughs> no. Oh, my God. He is – it doesn't even translate on TV. Maybe some of it does, but just his, like, just speed for mm-hmm. such a big guy and how fast he just, like, completely breaks down the other team's defense and just takes over the game. It was, you know – like everybody else is slow motion and he's just like gliding past dudes. And there was, he had so many and ones in that game. It was ridiculous. I'm sure it's something to watch live. I haven't seen him live, but yeah, it was, it's amazing on TV yeah. just to see him take like three or four steps and he's, he's through your defense. He's, he's just there. He's at the rim yeah. and he's dunking. Even if there's like a down stretch or a slow stretch, all of a sudden, you know, he'll just come back off of a timeout or something and he'll just put up eight, 10 points on you in a row. <laughs> All right, time for me to get buckets again. All right. Yeah, yeah every time the, every time Houston started to sneak that game a little bit closer, they got that down to maybe 12 a couple of times, and then all of a sudden, next thing you look up, it's 27. Yeah. Um, oh, I didn't have yeah. that game. Very, very impressive. And, you know, the thing about the Bucks is they're doing this without their second-best player. Right. Because um, Middleton is hurt. Um so, yeah, that was fun. Giannis, of course, I will say, Giannis gets the biggest pop. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. man, boy, don't, don't, these, these, these Milwaukee fans, man, these Wisconsin, they love them some Bobby Portis, man. <laughs> yeah, because he's nuts like they are. He gets such a huge pop in these yeah. games. I mean, he's a good player. He's got a lot of hustle. Um, you know, he, he's decent shooting, and he plays a lot of defense, but he's just that juice from the crowd. It's like WWE. Mm-hmm. When he's out there, like just like feeding off of that, off of the fans more than anybody else out there, it's like fuel, and uh, it's just funny to watch. So overall, everything A plus except I'm going to pull you nope. now. Okay. Uh, the concession you had a great time, setup, but... the worst. Their, their concession setup at that stadium, absolute worst. You cannot walk up and just order your food and pay. You have to do it all through an app. Oh, and I tried to order my son a drink, just an icy. I just want an icy. Dad, I want an icy. That's great. Hey, there's the icy machine. This is the booth with the ICs. So you have to pull out your phone. You have to scan this QR code, and then you order it on your phone. And you put in your credit card, and click, and you order. Except when you click to order, for about 20 straight attempts, oh, we're too busy right now. Oh, no. We can't process your order. Uh, due to a high volume, we can't process your order. This The best part, though, is I'm standing there 10 feet away from the icy machine, and the person who's manning the icy machine standing there doing nothing. Oh, jeez. 
So something's too busy to process it, but it's not the well, actual they, worker. It was part of the place that's actually selling. They had like burgers and chicken and other stuff. But come on, I couldn't just walk up. Hey, right. two ICs, please. Here's your twenty fucking dollars for two ICs. Nope, your cash is no good here. Nope, nope, I can't get. Yeah, so that was my my own. And when I after the game, I got the, you know. Share your experience <laughs> survey. Uh, everything I graded, like, oh, I recommend this, and all the seats were great. They were comfy. They were padded. I mean, even up in the even up in the nosebleeds, up in the upper deck, it was great. Uh, the view was great. Was really nice arena. But man, I trashed that concession setup. <laughs> everything yeah. was through your phone. It was so dumb. I, I mean, I've. You know, so this kind of fits, finishes the trifecta for us and the kids, where we'd been to a Packer game, a Brewer game, and a Bucks game. Now, all with it since August, mm-hmm. and you know, by far, that was the nicest of the three stadiums. But the concessions layout was absolute worst. Yeah, I can't imagine how frustrating that would be to have to rely on an app to get something that's yeah. literally, I could just walk right up and take it with my hand. I don't need an app. Yeah. And it's not even like it was halftime when we went to order these. It was probably like six minutes to go in the second quarter. There weren't even like that many people coming to pick up their food. You couldn't make me two icy drinks. And the reasoning has got to make your head explode too due to a high volume. Oh, you didn't anticipate a high volume at a Bucks game? Really? Yeah. You had no idea there were going to be this many people. You were set up for only four thousand, but you got eighteen thousand instead. Who could? Yeah, that's, that yeah, cause that's about what. Well, I don't think that. I mean, it was a sellout. I mean, yeah. the place was packed. Uh, you know, parking was right across the street. That was great. Nice, you know, parking garage right across from the street from the stadium. I mean, we got out of the stadium. We were in our car and on the road. I mean, even getting out. You know, going down the parking ramp and everything. Everything was smooth. They funnel you right out onto the street, and then it's like few blocks to the highway. I mean, everything was great, except for that. But other than that, I had a great time. I have to use your line. (laughs) I'm glad you uh, you and your family enjoyed it, uh, despite that. But Um, it it also was for my first NBA game, too. uh, Such a different experience. um, Because the, the, the game is so fast, you're constantly engaged with it, so you don't feel the length. Mm hmm one thing I will say about NBA versus going to like a baseball game or a football game when the, you know, you find yourself kind of staring off into space, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of downtime in those right. sports, not a lot of downtime with basketball. It's just like you, you look away, bam, that ball's already moving again. Mm-hmm. So no, I appreciated that. It was two and a half hours flat. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of motion, a lot of moving, a lot of, a lot of moving parts. Yeah, and that ball gets popped around. Yeah, that's that's high level. Now, if you go to a college game, you're not gonna quite be uh, uh, not gonna be quite as as hectic or active. Yeah. Um, but yeah, your you, your first basketball game, you saw the highest level of, of athleticism right there. It's it's something else, man. Um, and yeah, I, I do want to see Giannis uh, live at some point. Cause yeah, he do is, yourself uh, a favor if he's when they come down to Memphis, find find yourself yeah. a seat because it, it's special. Yeah, he's he's an alien. Yeah, I mean, he is. I heard he's um, elite. uh, Yeah, he's he's decent. (laughs) He's at least, yeah, he's pretty good. Jury's not out. (laughs) 
Case closed. Yeah, they were. They were just. I mean, Drew Holiday was going off, and everybody went off in that game. Oh man, I mean, I everybody. I had every intention of of opening up my account and putting depositing some money and betting that game only because you're there and they're playing the one of the worst teams in the league, and it just felt like a perfect setup. And it was. I just let it yeah. pass by. I, I did not. Because you said it was. Him. You said it was thirteen, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they had it covered, you know, six minutes in. <laughs> so, yeah, everything, uh, first half line, uh, first quarter line, whole game line, yeah, the, it was all out there for, for anybody to, to take advantage of, and, and I failed to do that. Um, okay. As far as the concession thing goes, I don't want to uh, scare you into thinking that the whole world is, is going this way, but all I'll say is – No, it is. Okay, well then you know uh, I, I haven't been to a Redbirds game since before COVID, but through the emails I have seen that uh, Redbirds uh, the, that the park down AutoZone Park is what it's called uh, is yeah. is now a cash is now a cashless park. You cannot. Uh, I mean, not money even cashless. There. Cashless is fine. I pay with a card. But, uh, but the fact that you can't even just order, you have to go through the app. Can't even get in line to give right. some person an order to hand your card to. Uh, that was the frustrating part when, when clearly, uh, that was just a bad setup. That's the way everything is going. It wasn't like I couldn't connect. The, the Wi-Fi was great. Everything was working, except oh, we're too busy to process your order. Try again later. We, we, we're not anticipating this volume. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. I told my son finally. He's like, I'm not standing here for the whole game for an icy. Yeah. So I want to get back and see the game. So we went over to some little self-serve kiosk and got him a drink and some cotton candy, and that was thirty-eight dollars. Oh I mean, I bought drinks for myself and for the family, but still, right. but a few diet cokes and a couple of things of cotton candy for thirty is thirty-eight dollars. That, that, that's I'm glad something... we ate before the game. <laughs> you know, we actually ate down in the Deer District, which is a chore in itself because every place needed reservations, which was weird. Oh, really? Probably because it was a Saturday night. But we found right. one place that we were able to get a table at without a reservation, and it was actually uh, – the food was excellent. So okay. we're happy about that. Yeah, I'm glad the entertainment uh, district is working well and looks good down there because, as I was saying, the That's memories of going the to oh yeah, my memories of going to Bugs games is looking around after the game's over and going, it's ten thirty. Why is there nowhere to go in this city? Everything's closed. Yeah. What the hell? Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, that was the Bradley Center. That wasn't quite mm-hmm. what it is now. Yeah. In fact, when you're walking from the parking garage to the stadium, uh, the empty, big empty lot right next to you is where the Bradley Center was. It used to be. Okay. Right. It's just, you know, pavement now. Crap. Yeah, that, that's a lot of memories. A lot of, boy, when I think back to the, when, when, when we were going to those games, that was like the yeah. mid, mid-2000s, early to mid-2000s. Well, yeah, because it was, I mean, I could guess, you know, living in Chicago, it's probably easier to get a Bucks ticket. Oh, that was uh, – it wasn't just easier. Like, they sent it to us. Like, I wasn't even asking. Oh. And and it, and, that, and it wasn't just any game. It was like a first-round playoff game against Jason Kidd and the Nets. And, oh, wow. You know, we were on the back, uh, the back of the upper deck, so we were in literally the last uh, row of seats. But the stadium being uh, relatively small compared to, like, United Center, which is uh, ginormous, 
uh, it was still a great seat. We we still we could see everything just perfectly fine with our backs literally against the wall of of, of the stadium, um, and it cost like ten bucks. Yeah, the seating was very intimate in there. I liked the seating. They they didn't go crazy and try to build some like twenty four thousand you know yeah yeah that's, that's, It's about eighteen at the at Pfizer. Mm-hmm. It's about so, what it needs to be. Right, uh, you know, it's a smaller market. You know, I'd, I'd they'd probably rather have a full house at 18 than a three quarter full house at 18. So, um, no, very, very, very nice overall. Uh, my son tried to con us into getting him a Giannis Jersey, uh, no. $150 or whatever it was yeah. for a Giannis Jersey. You can go on fanatics and buy one for 50 bucks. <laughs> We're showing him like, look, Grant right here. Same jersey on my phone. It's a hundred dollars less. I want a fax jersey. Grant, look right here. You see that? Uh, so is it the same uh, authentic jersey, or is it a replica? I don't know. Whatever they sell on Fanatics, which is like the official thing now, yeah. most of these. I don't care if it's a replica. He doesn't know. I I know you don't care. That's what I was getting at. Was yeah. is he of that? Uh, uh, no. Is he that aware? Uh, to you know, no. to be a Jersey snob at that point, because uh, I am a Jersey he's, snob. I, he's I don't like a, get a, He's turned himself into like a Pokemon card snob. Oh, but okay. no, he's not a Jersey snob. Although oh. my daughter does have her authentic uh, customized Cubs jersey oh. with her name and her number on it, you know. So okay, that that she's yeah. proud of. She wears that to school up like three days out of five every week. She's like <laughs> me with my Miller jersey. <laughs> And for the kids listening, Miller was Chris Miller, uh, <laughs> former Atlanta Falcons quarterback. I had his, I had the jersey. Thirty years. Ago. I was president and sole member of the Chris <laughs> Miller fan club. Well, actually, he wasn't more... that bad. He was actually halfway no. decent. He just got hurt every year. Yeah, he was a uh, pro, you're, you're... Multiple, multiple time Pro Bowler. He actually had himself a nice little career for a mid league team. More of a fan of him than I am of, uh, of General Mills because I'm not buying a General Mills jersey. <laughs> I'll send you one. Oh, <laughs> I, I still got to send uh, you your Fortner jersey. <laughs> Zero, yeah, right? I believe he was number, or was he one? I think he was one. One. Why he do was I number, remember these one. things? Eli Fortner. You <laughs> remember his first name too? My my six four shooting guard. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, who's a completely made-up player. It's just the best yep. part of it all. Yep. Uh, so, totally uh, a little real or fake, or? If you don't have it in you, don't worry. It's late. It's yeah, late. I don't I don't think I'm prepared for that this week. Okay. Because um, I can tell you, most of them would just be fake. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, there's well, like three, there's like four real teams, and everybody else is fake. <laughs> there's your list. It's easier to just play real. Bills, <laughs> Chiefs, <laughs> Eagles. Uh, okay, everybody else is fake. And everyone else is fake. Some of these these, uh, these fake teams are going to get in the playoffs, and all you need yeah. is to get I in. Know. Get hot. Vikings. Vikings look. The Vikings are kind of legit. Uh, I don't think they're bad. They're in that second yeah. tier. Certainly, but yeah, if, I hope they get five probably, and one. You know, yeah. There's you know, there's teams that are going to get in. Um, you know, but there's going to be some frauds that get in this season too. I mean, if we get the Jets and the Giants, oh <laughs> yeah, let's let's get another week and and let the Seattle Giants uh, uh, issue play out 
and we can make a better judgment on both of them based yeah. on just that one game. Um, I, I really want the, the, the Seahawks <laughs> to just blow their doors off. The Giants just need a beating. <laughs> they don't get it. They keep hanging in. They're right there. You know, that's coaching, right? That's preparedness. I mean, they're definitely taking advantage of the opportunities. You cannot fault them for that. As the coach, uh, with the culture change, and they're playing hard for them. That's the yeah. uh, rel- relying on the running game and Saquon and being able to control the ball and control the clock and uh, Junior Project back there as well, helping out with that. Yeah, there's a lot of things in their favor to, to put them uh, at six and one. Uh, like but that. I understand why you don't think they're they're real. Yeah, I like that project Project Junior or Junior Project. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's a new nickname. You gave Danny Dimes a nickname. No, I mean we talked about this a show or two ago about the the genius, you know, all these offensive guru genius head coaches kind of struggling, and then these kind of like grittier guys, you know, like you know Art Smith and Dable, and these guys are kind of finding a little niche, you know. You can throw Art Smith. You're allowed to throw. <laughs> I don't know what their deal. Although their running game has gotten more effective without Cordero Patterson. Well, uh, that might be a couple of factors. I don't watch all their games, so I don't know if that's uh, opponent or uh, guys stepping up that get, that didn't have a chance before. They 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 are rotating some guys. It's not but just you Algier. Hear, you know, you're here. No, it's Algier and it's Caleb Huntley, um, and Mariota runs too. But I mean, you hear about all these names that are supposedly available in trades now. You know, and one of them that really jumped out to me was Kareem Hunt. Oh, yeah. You know, because obviously, you know, Cleveland's not going anywhere, and they've got Nick Chubb. Why why do they need the three-headed monster? Um, You know, back there in the back, you know, with the the quarterback, with, you know, eventually it'd be Watson, Hunt, and Chubb. You don't need all that. And I'm thinking about Atlanta. Like, wow. You, if they win tomorrow, and they're four and four, and they're in first place, I'd send a fourth round pick to Cleveland for Kareem Hunt. But that's the rumors of four. You you really think uh, a four would do it? Okay, what if I, I'd send them a three? Oh, okay. I mean, I'd, why not? I'm sure they're holding out for you know something much better, and then I think the, there should be theoretically uh, teams like multiple teams. Uh, yes. Bidding for for they're, they're, you're not going to find a, a better uh, running back on the trade market than Kareem Hunt. So no. that, I mean, you look at what I mean, they they uh, the Jets pretty much stole James Robinson, right? Was yeah, a that was true. Back that's a quality back. Would they pay a six? Yeah, it wasn't much. That was, that was a shrewd move. Yeah, I, I mean, so you sometimes hey, we find this out when we play fantasy, right? By the way, I got my check today, which was nice. Um, for baseball. Good. Yeah, I was sitting on the counter addressed to Sir Jason. Uh, <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know you were knighted, did you? I've been knighted, apparently. Uh, I thought I was Sir Cheap, Sir Cheapskate. <laughs> Sir spends well, a little. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but that'll be, that's nice to, to come home to that. But yeah, if you're, you know, you're playing fantasy and you do that, you know that sometimes it's not about the offer or it's just about the ask. You got to ask. You got to make the Maybe. offer. These teams can dangle get guys like they, but if nobody's calling you, yeah. <laughs> you know, so 
Apparently nobody nobody was I didn't think James Robinson was getting traded, did you? I had no idea. He wasn't on go. my thought process at all. <laughs> the Jets asked, hey, we'll give you a six for this guy. You, you you didn't spend anything to draft him. He's a UDFA. And they were like, okay. Okay, yeah. Never know unless you ask. That's, that's yeah. how it works. So uh, I, I'm, in, I'm excited for this trade deadline, though. I think this week determines where teams are headed. I, I'm, I was looking up what the Chiefs gave up for Kadarius Tony because that was also wasn't a robbery. Much. A, well, a third and a sixth. You know they'll turn him around. If anyone's going to, it will be them. And if he's yeah. going to be motivated to play his best for anybody, it, it should be them. Right. You, you've gone from Danny Dimes to Pat Mahomes. If that doesn't motivate you, <laughs> nothing will. Yeah. That's quite the, the talent exchange uh, for quarterbacks. Yes, you've stepped up in class a little bit. So... Yeah, you're absolutely right. You never know what you're going to get unless you unless you ask. I guess that's true for for a lot of things in life. But that's true. My wife wouldn't have married me if I didn't ask. Her. <laughs> Same here. I, I guess I'll forgive her for interrupting my show. Oh, see, you do have a heart. I I, I, I can't stay mad at her. I, I, <laughs> you said she came back from out of town. She's been in Reno, Nevada for for uh, since Monday or Tuesday. I'm so sorry. it's forgivable. So it's forgivable that it's been six days and your wife yes. came home and, and interrupted. Yes, it, it's okay. I'm uh, very Although happy. Although I'd she's rather home. be in Reno. <laughs> uh, I don't think she had a whole lot of fun there. It was for business. Oh, so. okay. I'd still rather be in Reno. I'm just very happy she's here uh, safely because it was raining like hell when she left town Tuesday, and then it was dry oh. all week, and it was raining like hell today when she came back. But thankfully, everything went okay. That's good. Uh, any DFS uh, uh, insights for I've got this like five lineups this week. Um, I went heavy this week, so I'll tell you who I've stacked because that usually seems to be – like that's the strategy, right? You want to find certain games that you want to stack up. Um, oh no, I don't want to make another lineup. I have <laughs> enough lineups. I have five lineups in this. Uh, I kind of look at it uh, DFS like my brackets uh, for basketball. Like I don't have the patience to make multiple lineups or brackets. Yeah, I, I well, make I one like and hope one that it and... goes well. I did one like I do one a day. I listen okay. to a DFS podcast, and then I kind of like one of you know. So one of them is themed around like ownership percentages, and then another one is themed on like plays of low owner, oh low owned guys who could be you know like just like the game changers. So it's actually really interesting. And then one of them breaks down the matchup, so it's actually really good. It's been helping a lot with this. Um, so let's see. I've got an Eagles lineup, you know, a Vikings. Uh, I, I love that one. That'll be the one, of course, that does the worst. Saints. I've actually got Dalton and um, and Kamara. And I've got that Tua lineup. That's that's really heavy with Dolphins. And then I've got that one where I told you where I've got Ellinger. <laughs> He's cheap. He's cheap. Um, 
yeah, that's the one where I've, let me see, uh, Ellinger, Kenneth Walker, Tony Pollard, because they were, they should be effective. But then my, my, my receivers are like Justin Jefferson, DeAndre Hopkins. So I went heavier there. Okay. And then I did, I put, and I put Pittman with him. So in case he does, you know, throw a touchdown, um, there's that. So that's, that's intriguing. And then those are my main, like, those are all my $3 lineups. So I've got about $15 and then, Today I made a one dollar lineup with uh, Malik Willis. Willis. Ooh, and that's definitely a dart throw. That is a dart throw, but then that means I also paired him up with Derrick Henry and Robert Woods. So that one's interesting. I came within a hair of uh, making money last weekend um, because I uh, stacked. uh, I'm trying to get to the game trying to remember who I stacked. Oh, well you're exactly. looking for that. It's funny because I had twelve dollars in lineups um last week in on the main slate of games and I ended up taking home twenty off of that. So okay. I won money. I had a fifteen dollar hit and a five dollar hit. Yeah that's that's the way to go. Um, I was looking at the Bengals against the Falcons uh, pass yeah. defense. So I, I they've been Burrow a popular. And, uh, they've been popular. The Bengals. I think Burrow the last two weeks has been yeah. in the million dollar lineup on DraftKings. I, I believe it. Uh, so I have Burrow and Chase and Josh yeah. Jacobs and uh, and Zeke before he got hurt, um, and uh, even Jerry Judy because he wasn't that uh, expensive and he had a decent day. Um, but came up short because uh, Debo got hurt, oh. and I didn't have any money left by, by by the time I got to tight end. So I was uh, I went with Mo Ali Cox of the Colts because the last time he played, oh, sure. the, the last time he played the Titans, he had two random touchdowns in that game. Uh, so what is he doing this one? Nothing. A, a bagel, complete zero. And I'm like, really? Now you're gonna give me a zero? Uh, so that's why I came up short uh, last week. But I had a great start with, with Burrow yeah. and Chase. I was like, "Ooh, I'm looking real good." And it's, just, so it's funny because I'm end. looking at my I'm looking at my best lineup last week. It was Burrow, Chase. I had Austin Eckler in that lineup, uh-huh. who had 36.7 points. Um, I had Tony Pollard in that lineup, go figure. So he cleaned up a little bit after Zeke got hurt. Uh, but no, my, my coup in that lineup was Miko Hardman. Oh, yeah, I, was, I didn't see that coming. Who was 2% owned yeah. and had 28 <laughs> fantasy points. Uh, yeah, I don't pick my DFS until like the day of because I like to get the inactives and then right. just kind of go from there. Well, one I thing I like about uh, DraftKings, it will send you an alert right to your phone if you have anybody in your lineup who is inactive. Oh, okay. Or if who has been ruled out. I had that with NBA this week where I had a lineup and some or over the weekend or whatever, it was one of the games where Kawhi Leonard sits because if they play back-to-backs, usually he's been sitting one of those games. And uh, all of a sudden I get an alert like, hey, he's not in the lineup. And it, and it worked because I, I – set him down. I put in somebody else who's got a huge salary, so you're getting another superstar. And uh, they won a couple of bucks on that. That's good. Um, and then for my fantasy tomorrow, I get Josh Allen back, so I'm very yeah, that'll be very happy about that. I've yeah, lost, uh, no Tua? Although, I don't want to say anything, but Tua might outscore Josh Allen tomorrow. 
in in your uh, vision of things, uh, Josh Allen doesn't play in the fourth quarter because they've destroyed him so much. Yeah, um, I've got I've got some forty two to ten vibes going here. Right. So no, I, I'm slightly afraid of uh, Tua lighting up the Lions and and putting up more than Josh, but I'm gonna go with Josh anyway. Yeah, because he's yeah, Josh you got Allen. to. You've got yep. to. I mean, yeah, I just that. But well, Devin Singletary is probably even going to run on the Packers. Everybody runs on the Packers. <laughs> James Cook is going to run on the Packers. Um, and even like my last uh, question, uh, just slingshotting off your head, what's your uh, snap judgment on my flex opinions? My three options would be. Oh. Am I like doing a pick three or pick one of these or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's your snap judgment? Romeo Dobbs, Tyler Algier, Elijah Moore. I'm going with Algier. I I think that's where I was leaning anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Elijah Moore is a a head case. Who knows what he's going to do? I mean, he might just pull a Antonio Brown and. (laughs) Oh, he's not saying deuces and leaving. I'm the just game. saying <laughs> he should be very happy to play since they, they and, haven't been uh, playing him. Yeah, Romeo Dobbs uh, has all the talent, but he doesn't know where to go. <laughs> he's got Devin Hester syndrome. Oh no! Someone's got to take him by the hand and lead him up. Yeah, the field. there's there's a lot on film right now of him just completely running the wrong routes. Oh boy. So that, that could be, you know, he's a rookie and he's learning the offense and he doesn't have that rapport with Rodgers. But, yeah, a lot of, Romeo Dobbs is probably the most talented just by skill receiver that the Packers have because he's got the hands and he's always open, but he might be open in spots that he shouldn't be, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, so, And I, I look forward to using him going forward with Lazar being hurt. Uh, just, I'm not going to do it tomorrow against Buffalo. Uh, no, no, Buffalo's defense, even, God, even, first of all, Rodgers is going to have no time to throw. Right. And then he's doing that against only a four-man rush, so he's going to have the tiniest of tiny windows because he's throwing into seven-man coverage. And yeah, it's it, not, it, I, yeah, that's why I locked up. It could get ugly. Yeah, I, I, I mean, Rodgers, look, it looked like, Everything was against them last year, remember, when they were going to go to Arizona and they had nobody? Mm-hmm. And they won. You know, they won yeah. that game. This, but Arizona and Buffalo, <laughs> yeah, this is not, not quite the same, the same organizations. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, no, I would I would say Algier probably gives you, what, what's the saying? He's got the lowest, uh, the highest floor. Lowest floor? <laughs> He's got the highest floor of those okay. three, which means, yeah. So, I mean, his, you know what I mean? I, I think he's going to just get you a set number. The other two, you can't predict the spikes, the bankiness of those guys. But I think if you just, you know, if you're just looking for like, who's going to have like more, the most like, guaranteed points, it's it just, because Falcons just, all they do is run. Yahoo projects uh, by a, by a hair uh, for Dobbs to be, uh, uh, to have more points, he's got uh, a projection of eight point nine, and Algier has a projection of eight point seven nine. So, I would. It's, I'm it's kind of a Algier toss-up. gets more than that. I mean, if he gets into the end zone, you've got you're made, right? Sure. That that's all yeah. it's going to come down to. And it's the Panthers, and they they should let him in the end zone if uh, if, if that's possible. They're yeah, not going to resist a, much. 
yeah, no, it's still even a a big game for Atlanta's offense, and they're they're still only getting into the mid twenties. Yes, because they don't they refuse to throw the ball because they're so slow. The clock's always running. Insane. Yeah, I, I, yeah, so tomorrow will actually be the first time I've been being like fully exposed to the whole Sunday slate because two weeks ago um, we had the weekend with the funeral. So I didn't, and right. I did this, and then, then on Sunday we actually went to a friend's birthday party. So I only saw the Packer game, so I didn't even get. So that was just kind of a, I saw one game. That was when the Packers lost to the Jets. I saw that game. Um, last week we were in Milwaukee, so I didn't really get any exposure other than when we were uh, we stopped for for like a late lunch. So I got to see the end of the Packer game. Ugh. Yeah, I saw the touchdown to Jones, and then that last set series. So that's why I was able to see that one with McLaurin getting that bailout catch. Um, uh, so I didn't see much. Fo- so, th- so tomorrow will be like, ah, football, <laughs> you know, I get a full weekend of football. And your reward is yet another schedule in which no teams with winning records are yeah. playing each other except for yeah, one I'll, game. I actually have like chores that I'm going to be working on tomorrow. Like I got to put a bookcase together and I got to uh, move some, this so I'll be doing uh, football will be on. So I'll be absorbing it tomorrow at least. And then, you know, when you get into that last, that two o'clock hour with red zone, when everything gets crazy, then I'll be glued, excuse me, glued to the TV. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm hoping to discover a little more about these teams and, and learn a little more. Cause right now I kind of feel like I don't know anything about anything. And uh, I know Buffalo is good and I'm picking against them anyway. So that shows where I'm, where my head is right now. Yeah. I, I can't do it. And you might you probably beat me because I locked them up, and I can't win a lock. So you should feel good about that. Ooh, all right, let's go pack, go pack, go. Can't believe I said that. All right, are we are we finished? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Oh, I'm yawning. <laughs> you definitely finished. You're starting to yawn. All right, uh, another crazy week, another week of games in, in which really no one should have a whole lot of confidence in in their picks, but we'll, we'll see how it all works out. Week 8 and leading into week 9, we will be back to talk about week 8 next week uh, where we'll find out if Jay's prediction is true and if the Broncos will be looking for a new head coach at that time. And we will review week If that happens, that would be so I – mean, come on, that would be all time. Yeah, because you called that weeks ago. Like week 2 or week 3 when I looked at the <laughs> schedule and I was like, that's it right there, he's gone. He's not coming back from London, baby. You, uh, you've had it out uh, for him for quite a while. That's that's for sure. All right. Uh, next Saturday, uh, any issues? Uh, nope. Next Saturday again? I am. I should be good for Saturdays this whole month. Okay. The only one that's questionable is the nineteenth because there's a family gathering that night, but those don't usually interfere. But if if I'm suspicious that it might, then that would be a Friday. But no, we should be good on Saturdays uh, for a long time. All right. So next Saturday uh, to recap week eight and get into week nine as the season rolls on, the second longest season ever uh, after last year, and getting into the second half of the season, uh, which has been such a uh, roller coaster so far. And we'll see how it all progresses from here. 
All right. He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Everybody, enjoy your football tomorrow. Enjoy your Halloween on Monday, however you decide to celebrate that. And we will be back to talk to you next weekend, next Saturday, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central, recapping week eight and picking our games for week nine. And we will talk to you then. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.